Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 57 of Beer Nuts, the podcast adjunct series, quarantine edition. This evening, folks, we have a very special episode, something I've been wanting to do for quite some time. But just before I tell you about that, we're going to get to the sponsor of this week's podcast. Once again, we are sponsored by Dr. Nick's Amazing Man Stuff out of Massachusetts. These guys, there you go. You can see that on the screen there. So they do essentially a series of beard products for uh, for people with beards. And um, instead of telling you about all the products, this evening I'm going to tell you about these two specifically. So this is their Beard Beer Series. There's one that is an IPA and one that is a stout. So we had uh, Nick on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he explained everything. So essentially these beers, um, these beers, <laughs> these products were inspired. This one specifically, the IPA was from uh, Maine Brew Coats Lunch IPA and the stout was, I can't remember exactly which one, but like, you know, local big coffee stouts that they get out there in Massachusetts. And they use essential oils, all American made, nothing, you know, no cheap fragrance oils. Like the actual oils they make this with, I think are worth like $150 an ounce, like super expensive, high quality stuff they import from Hawaii and all the bottles and everything are local, the little squeezy parts, everything. Um, they're uh, super handcrafted, which it really plays into craft beer. And on top of that, they're doing a series where they can actually, where they're com- uh, collaborating is the word I'm looking for, with brewmasters to actually create a beer, uh, a beard product made in the image of particular beers. So they're working with big breweries. They're working with Lawson's, uh, Treehouse, um, Vitamin C out there. They're doing. Um, they're in talks with Hill Farmstead. Uh, Trillium, I believe. So, you know, big, big players in the game. It's super cool. These guys are, are, are exactly, you know, I love them because they, they're really craft beer. They remind me of everything that I love about craft beer. Um, I don't even use this type of stuff, and I've been using these since January. Um, and I've been loving it, man. Tonight, uh, Nick actually told me specifically, use the IPA one with one of their beard bombs. And you kind of put the, the IPA stuff on, you put this on as well, on top of it, the bomb, and it just kind of like allows you to shape the beard a bit, and it gives it some texture, it makes it smooth. So definitely check that out. You can hit the link in the description, and you'll see we have a, a discount code for 15% off BAOS21. It's Dr. Nick's, D-O-C-T-O-R, Nick's, N-I-C-K-S.com. So check that out. Um, it's in the show notes on the audio if you're listening there as well. Um, Mate, this stuff is fire, so spoil yourself or someone you love with a beard. Now, with that said, this podcast is something super special. We did the first episode with this gentleman who is literally a Quebec legend in uh, 2017. It was episode 40 of the original series, and now we're at 57 of this new series. It's crazy. Um, This dude changed the game literally with the the beer that we're going to be drinking tonight. I'm excited and honored to have him back on. Ladies and gentlemen, Jean-Francois Gavel of... JCL, make some noise, y'all. Welcome, JF. There he is. Mate, so good to see your face, man. It's been so long. You're such hey, a nice champion. Likewise, yep. brother. Thank you for hanging out. Um, I was just saying to you before, this is going to be our own little uh, peche day. You know, hopefully people can yep. join us and, and sip along with us. So it's, uh, it's an honor to have you back, my man. Appreciate you. Always. Nice to be here. Love it. You're a champ. So... This evening, we're going to be drinking. I had Tiffany here to be helping me out with these because uh, this is quite the volume of, of beer. You have a few different the ones than I do, but <coughs> um, we're going to be working through them. So 
you are going to start with a different beer than I am. So maybe tell them about, uh, like, you know what, let me, let me, let me pull it back a bit. I'm going to be going through the 2020 Jeunet Peche pack, um, which as yep. we'll get to, to explain why this particular event did not happen, but the pack saved our lives. At least we got to uh, taste a lot of the beers. Um, so the first one I'm going to go is the Sidama, which is the Ethiopian, am I correct, sir? Ethiopian Sidama yep. coffee. Yep. Sidama is Ethiopian coffee, yeah. Uh, so it's a natural coffee, so it's, um, so it, it's not been washed, so you still have some, uh, like the skin of the cherry on the, on, on the seed, so it gives like, like a fruity character to the, uh, to okay. the coffee. So it's... <clears throat> So that type of coffee give like a, like a fruitier version of our Pichimotel. Okay, so it's, that's the main difference is because it's got the actual yeah. cherry on there, makes it a little fruitier. Okay. Yeah. Um, amazing. And uh, which one are you going to start with, my man? We are going to start right away with the Mexican one. Okay. Uh, which is exactly from, from uh, the same the 2025. Uh, which actually, yeah, like you said, is. Uh, we, we were all ready to roll, and the pack was, you know, there and uh, ready to distribute. And, uh, yeah, the pandemic just arrived, and with the lockdown, we just basically put everything on hold. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and we wait for a while before to uh, release the pack uh, through uh, the grocery store. So at least people could, could get it. But we want to make sure don't create any lineup and, and everything. So it, it was, uh, like... Time that we, everybody was kind of afraid of any type of gathering. Yeah, but yeah. So, it was early times. so people, <clears throat> it's it's like the first year that people had to celebrate Pichet Day at home. So. At home. And, I mean, um, yeah. At, at least you guys made it possible for people to be able to take this home, and you have done this for the last what three or four years, okay. maybe, with the packs. Oh, the, uh, the the uh, the pack I think was almost five years. Um, almost five. Wow. Yeah, uh, kind of. I forgot the first year we, we did that, and, and the first year was was really, really. Uh, maybe the pack was only for you because the first year we did the patient day. Actually, yeah, it was like just basically like a small draft event at, uh, at the pub, and and, yeah. and and after that we said okay, maybe we should do a different version, and and especially get the bourbon in it, and this is where we start doing like a special pack. So that people mm. could celebrate Christmas at home, and if, if we had like uh, 10, 12, or fifteen different version uh, at the pub, well, pe- people would have like four beer at their home to kind of see what the, the peche can taste like with different version. You know? Which is, I mean, four, a four pack is also so affordable, and it gives you know a nice little balance, and it gives them also a reason to come into the event when that was possible, but. Even as well, it gives people a reason to take some home and be able to, to capture that. So I love it. Correct. Cheers, my man. Cheers. Appreciate you. Cheers, babe. Yes. So you are drinking the Mexican hot chocolate. Yeah. So I start with Ooh, the, Mex- nice. the Mexican one. Okay. Glorious. Tell uh-huh. me about it. So then you're going to have it a little bit later. So yeah. So we, we for sure, we, we bring some cocoa, a little bit of, uh, so, uh, Chili, uh, pimenton in it, and uh, pepper, uh, and yeah, and some cinnamons. And but we we definitely wanted to make it um, kind of balanced. Sometimes people would do it 
like a malaise, yeah, it can be spicy, you can have some cinnamon, but if it just tastes cinnamon, it's just the overpowering the beer. Right. So we try to, and especially after a year, we still get the spicy, the spiciness character, but mm -hmm. the cinnamon uh, mellowed a little bit more, actually. And okay, good. Some, some people a little bit more upfront, but personally, I like when cinnamon is more in the background. And, and the cocoa just give like a second layer on, on the rose character of the, of the pastry. We, we dialed down a little bit the coffee, so mm -hmm. to, to leave some, some room for the cocoa. But uh, yeah. And um, so we, we might do it again uh, in future. Okay. Uh, because it's, it's, it's been really fun. We still have some keg of it, that uh, because <laughs> that, 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 the thing is, we 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 do a lot of keg this year <clears> for uh, all the the bar doing the uh, the event, and most of them was actually already delivered when when the lockdown happened oh. in the U.S. and in Canada. So, so people just they, they basically pour the beer, you know, all year long. So especially when during summertime, people hey, okay, can I pour a beer? Yeah. The, Go ahead. So why not? Why not? The beer is there. It's good. Go ahead. Can't waste it. So can people yeah. like? Do you sell growlers of with the leftover kegs? I, I know you're selling, uh, which I love, by the way, at the Laurier Brew Pub. You're selling yeah. um, uh, like at the window there, and someone sits by the window and sells all the bottles and stuff to go, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, can they buy growlers or anything of the the beers on taps at all? Yeah, actually, uh, at Bill Place, we, uh, we, we do have growlers, uh, and we, we pour, uh, like, especially in Saint-Jérôme, what we, we, we canning, we, sometimes we have a line for the, the growler, but most of the time we're pouring in growlers what we don't package. And in, in, Saint, in Montreal, uh, yeah, everything we do is going to be poured uh, in growlers. But also, and, and then we're going to have some beer from Saint-Jean, some, oh, some beer, vintage beer and, uh, and you know, vintage peche. Uh, once in a while, we're going to have one or two lines uh, really to, to, uh, uh, for people to pick up uh, by the growers. But we also start canning in Montreal. So it's a right. really small machine. It's, it's basically a small 12-ounce can. So it's a really small machine. So it... And because we, the growler is nice, but the thing is, it's just one liter of beer. So when your it's people are single, they're two, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. people figure it was a lot. So we tried, okay, maybe we could work on a smaller package and a, a small can. So we, we started that. But the growler is still awesome. going well. So, yeah. Okay, good. So people can still go and get these beers that we're going to oh, yeah, yeah. tonight. Yeah. So honestly, yeah. by the way, this is phenomenal. This is so smooth. I see exactly what you mean without having a fresh you know, normal peche to compare it to. Yeah. I'm definitely getting the, the fruitiness is coming through from the other yeah. cherries and stuff, but it's got that classic, you know, that dark bit of dark chocolate espresso that's, uh, that we, that we want to have. This is fantastic. At 9.5, yeah. I always forget how dangerous this shit is, man. It's, <laughs> it's cool. I know. I know. It's that's scary. a tricky thing. <laughs> Especially yeah. peche. Day is the messiest day of the year. When we usually come, we always go to, um, because we, we're around the corner from from Laurier, so we always go there. Yeah. The last time, 2019, we went to the group. We went to Saint Jerome though for the brunch. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, because you could try. You got a two ounce pour with every yeah. um, meal, with every yeah. uh, course. It was just. Uh, it was a lot. And then we still went to, to Laurier afterwards, and people were just. It's so funny because it's the time when people get there. Like you said, they line up at 10 a.m. or whatever. 
So they're drinking 10% stouts <laughs> at 10 a.m. So we get there at 2 p.m. and people are just, it's not a problem, but they're just so drunk and it's so funny because I think people yeah. don't realize how. It's a really, it's a really funny day. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's always one of my, I was just saying before, like it's one of my favorite days of the year because it's a beer event, not a festival. And there's the, the beers are just so impeccable and they're all so different and, and the varieties are just out of control. So, you know, from the latte to the fruited ones and the different coffee variants and things like the, the Mexican um, peppers and stuff, like they're just so unique and you really can, you know, you can, and they're so smooth. They don't taste like you're getting that drunk. And it's just such a, a great, people are so excited about it too. Like really excited, which is fun. Yeah. And, you know, even, the, with with the beer the version you have, even if it was like a wash, uh, like Ethiopian coffee, like a yogurt chef or a demo, mm-hmm. it's, it's still a coffee that, uh, especially if you do with a more delicate uh, roast, you, you you always got some some fruitiness from from that type of coffee. But as it's like a natural one, it's just uh, even more uh, pronounced. Oh, it's a natural coffee. Yeah, when called natural, okay. so right. instead of wash the the uh, you know coffee, it's like a cherry at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so they go through a fermentation and they let it dry basically on the sun. Okay, and it, it's, it's not. It's like the other way to do coffee is they take the they they, they take the cherry and with water they, they remove the pulp around the seed, and then they make the 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 beans actually dry. Mm. So it. So the fermentation of the of the cherry give like a vertical flavor to the coffee. Gotcha. Okay, that is amazing. So then, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but I want to check the variant of coffee in the original peche is something that is kind of like a secret recipe. Is that correct? It's not something that you like. Well, it's it's, it's not well. It's, it's it's a it's a blend that we we have with uh, with, with the roasters. So it's a blend of like a medium dark and and brown. It's uh it's it's, it's actually a, a Mexican uh, coffee. Okay. Uh, and we we definitely wanted to have like a, like a more like a cho- chocolatey, slightly roasted coffee. And we since the beginning we we have this basic role we sometimes especially year to year we can have some variations some sometimes we we do some modification on the blend so a bit more roast some some year some a bit less some year depending the the crop right. of the of the beans <clears throat> but basically we 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 stick on on this one yeah on the same one okay amazing yeah because yeah, it's something that uh, i swear someone told me they were like oh it's a secret they didn't talk about it and i don't know if i asked <laughs> you about it well, sometimes it's, it's, it's like a caramel, so we, you know, it's, it's nice to say this. Uh, that's yeah. a little secret. <laughs> but, 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 but definitely the, the blend we have is, 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 is doing it for us. So. Uh, and because we buy, essentially we buy enough coffee that yeah, They'll do it we you. have to call him mm-hmm. and it's okay, I need a batch of my coffee and that's mm-hmm. all right. So... Um, um, this is the way we work. And it's helped also that batch to batch, you know, the beer is pretty much the same beer. So right. It's also like uh, for, this, for the special coffee, uh, Peche, we, we go with uh, a lot with the uh, Café Saint-Henri. So that's nice, but he's a really small roaster. So he, for him, it would be really hard to supply the real coffee for the, 
all the production. So mm. it will have more variation, probably batch to batch. So, so we have to, it's still like a small roaster, but it, a little bit bigger than like a That's micro amazing. roaster that you have to, to roast like different batch, several batch actually to get enough. Even to make the time. blend. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. So would this one, the Sidamo, this from St. Henri? Yep. Ah, oh, sick. Yeah. I love uh, Saint Henri. Yep. Yeah. So I, I was there, so I, 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 t- I told them, okay, this, this year I'd like to do that. And uh, so I, I've been to their lab. So we did a, a, a couple of tasting. Uh, and so, okay, this is the coffee I want for, 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 for this beer. So and, uh, yep. I love it. I love it, dude. So I was going to, normally what we would do, being that this is your second time on, uh, in the first episode, if people want to go back, we did the in-depth uh, discussion of your beer history and how Judas Yell came about. Do you want to talk about that at all, or should we just tell people to go listen to that other episode? It's up to you. So <laughs> the, 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 I mean, the story didn't change. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was kind of thinking. I thought we might have more interesting things to talk about. Okay, so if people want to uh, check it, yeah, maybe even just say that it, basically the, the brewery is 20 years old, really, right? Yeah, yeah. So we started as a brew pub in Montreal, yeah, on Laurier Street uh, in uh, 98, we opened in 98. And uh, so uh, I started with uh, my, uh, uh, my business partner, Stefan. Uh, so I met him uh, when I was doing my master in microbiology. And I was a home brewer back then. And, uh, but I <laughs> was kind of saying, okay, maybe I should... Um, I really enjoy doing beer more than uh, actually working around. So, so, <laughs> so it was like, okay. So, but back then, you know, starting a brewery was way harder than it is now. So, you, and that's why we decided to start like a small project, like a brew pub. So, no packaging, no label. I don't have to deal with chef and stuff like this. And especially, I wanted to do a lot of different beer because back right. then, most of the brewery was okay, they do. Like Mikasin was doing English beer, uh, Boreal was doing mostly like a blonde, uh, like a red beer and stuff like that. Unibrew was Belgian beer, so everybody had this like this own <clears throat> own thing. And and every time they, they, they wanted to re- release like a new beer, it was like a big thing. And so I was more like I was like uh, like a regular customer at uh, Cheval Blanc. So I liked the idea was the beer was changing all the time. So this is why I wanted do and this is why i start as uh, like a, as a brew pub and quite a small brew pub actually right. and it took years before we said okay it's time to move on like on a second project because we made a, a name of our of, uh, of ourselves and and say okay i think it's it's time to move on like on a bigger project uh not a super big big project but like a bigger project and this is how we decide to start the the, the microbrewery mm. and we decide to go like in uh, in saint jerome so not so far from montreal but <clears throat> far enough from from the brew pub so uh in the, in the city that there was basically no beer bar no no microbrewery no microbrewery no, no brew pub and we know there's a lot of people in the dimension so it's okay i think it could be a good spot to uh start our second location so right. right in right in the middle of the city, and this is what we did, and basically start with the same thing. So with a big lineup of all different beers, especially yeah, with the the Peche Martel, it was already like I, uh, like a famous beer on on red beer and stuff like this. So, and we uh, already had door open for the export in, in the U.S. So we go with this beer. So yeah, this. Uh, for sure, we, we start with this beer, but also, yeah, like, you no, know, we do uh, like a hibiscus beer uh, that was 
it's still really popular, which is basically totally different of, of the peche, mm, a lot more yeah, easier yeah. to drink and uh, pair pretty well with, with food. And uh, we only had the idea to do sour beer. So and so all the sauces that they came out uh, from, from saint Jerome with uh, like very sour, but really with a lot of fruit. <clears throat> and, uh, and yeah, so the, basically this is how we, we built up Jutiao since since 98. When did yeah. St. Jerome open? What year was that? Uh, in uh, 2007. 2007? Okay, so it's been a while. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. It's so been it's, a while, yeah. yeah. Okay, amazing. So in, I guess since we're talking about Peche then, um, I'd like to get the history of that and how that sort of started, you know, and how that sort of grew as a brand. So I imagine it started at the brew pub level. It, was, it started. Absolutely, with, yeah. Was it a beer yeah, that you yeah. started with? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, <clears throat> no, we, we wrote this, the first version like in 2001. Is the, the thing is that there was, uh, I, I, I love coffee for like forever, basically. And there was like some coffee porter, coffee stuff, but it was always like, well, maybe they put a little coffee or sometimes the brewer just got like a coffee porter because it tastes like coffee, but it's just using roasted uh, malt and roasted mm. barley. And every time I was like tasting that, I was, nah, I'm kind of disappointed. And I said, well, if I do like a coffee beer, you will not ask yourself if there's coffee or not. You'll know it. <laughs> and so I started with, with this idea and I said, okay, which beer could you know, deal with, with a lot of coffee in it? Well, Imperial South, definitely. Because they have more body, you have the alcohol to round up the thing. So this is okay. Let's do like imperial coffee stout. Right. And then I, <clears throat> so I start with this idea. So I said, okay, I have to find a good way to have the coffee and the good coffee to put it in the beer. And um, and I start from there. And I was uh, so I've been to um, to a small roaster. Uh, one of the first in Montreal was doing like a fair trade coffee. Um, uh, Café Rico uh, on Rachel. Okay. And so Are they still around? I, I, they're still around, yeah. Still around. Yeah. Café Rico. Okay. Café Rico, yeah. Okay. And <clears throat> so, and um, I, I, I called them and said, okay, this is my what I want to do. And they, they were pretty excited. Said, okay, let's, let's come to, to the coffee shop and we're going to taste different coffee and try to figure which one would be uh, the best for your... For your uh, your beer and so I spent actually learning about coffee and, and the roasting because I didn't knew that much at this time about you know all the process I was drinking a lot of coffee and tasting different coffee when I was going to a coffee shop but what everything that was behind that so I had not a lot of clue and so yeah talking and tasting like shot of coffee all the afternoon and, <laughs> and I, I came back to the pub Just, and I uh, said, Stefan, I, I, I found the coffee we need. So I was big cranked up. <laughs> oh, I can imagine, Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, and so I ordered the coffee and designed the first recipe, brewed the first batch. And, you know, first day of fermentation, it, it was smelling so good in the, in the, in the, in the, in the brewery. Whoa, okay, I think we have something here. And um, and it started it started there. We we sold the, the batch pretty quickly. Uh, I remember actually just like it was just uh, the, 
I'm not sure it was on, on the board. Yeah, I was coming back from uh, in, in, indoor uh, rock climbing with friend, and I said, oh, yeah, we have to taste like a beer. Uh, it's like a brand new beer, and, and, and everybody was just amazed. Wow, what is it? It's Imperial mm-hmm. Coffee Stout. Whoa. And yeah, and it started from there, and people just quickly talk about it. Uh, it was like the beginning of red beer, and uh, some of the uh, red beer was pretty strong with, with, with people, and start talking about the beer, and people was always start looking for new beer. And, and the Mondial of Dabia back then was also pretty international. It was one of the biggest beer festivals around. Right. And we, we had a lot of American brewery coming, a lot of actual Americans just going to this beer festival because they had a lot of beer from Europe and stuff like this. And people was coming at the pub after the festival. And they was going back in the U.S. and talking about Peche and stuff like this. And it built up like a, a name like this. Yeah. Right. Just okay. how it happened, yeah. Super organic. People yeah. just like yeah. the product. Okay. That's amazing. And it turned into the beast. So I want to continue that story, but I, I'm crushing through these beers. Which one should I do next? So uh, The second one should be... Uh, is the, it Cassis? The Cassis, yeah. Cassis. The Black Corrent, yeah. Black Corrent version. So this yeah. is... You guys have been doing a bunch of these... Um, uh, fruited variants, which is super cool. We we did, yeah, we did the raspberry, we did the cherry, which I, is probably probably my favorite one, I would say. Yes. And Oof. the blackcurrant was actually an idea. Oh, it, it, it yeah, it was like mm. an idea from um, Fred Legal, who is uh, part of uh, the Cidrerie uh, Chemin des Sept. Okay. And he really liked blackcurrant. And said, so, you know, I'm sure blackcurrant should be good with, with coffee and and so we did some tests, and oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It because, well. Yeah, it's not a super uh, sour fruit. It's more like sometimes it's a little bit hearty. You have some tannin in, from, from that fruit. And you can, <clears throat> so it, it can work with, uh, with, with this coffee. Again, we, we, we use a, a little bit, just a little bit less coffee in it to blend with the, with the, with the fruit. But, um, but it was pretty interesting. The blackberry is not as aromatic as raspberry or even cherry. So mm. uh, on the aroma, it would be a lot more uh, delicate. Okay. But, but, but the flavor, you definitely go, oh, there's some fruit in it. It brings some acidity and some, some tannin in it that is not in the regular one. That makes sense. So there's only been three fruited variants so far. Uh, no, we did the peach peche. <laughs> oh, the peach? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because in, in 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 French, peche and peche is basically the same word. So so we kind of did, we, we, we did it makes the, sense. Well, was that recently? Was that a while no, ago? As, I, it, it, no, it's a while ago. It's one of the the first crazy variation with it, like a peach okay. peche. And how did uh, how did people the, go on, man? Well, because one of the thing is, uh, yeah, some some especially the American the the. They when they, they say peach shade, they figure, oh, this is peach beer, and they were <laughs> drinking like 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 coffee. And some people, oh, I definitely get the peach in it. I said, no, no, man, there, there's yeah. no peach in it. Peach is in Sam. Oh, mm. and and they say, oh, a peach peach. Let's let's try it. So we, I think we did it two years in a row. Okay. And actually, okay, so it, it it was interesting, but it, again, the aroma of peach is really. Uh, it's really hard to uh, to keep, I would say. Yeah. When it's young, you get the, the peach aroma. 
but it's fade out pretty quickly. Um, but it, it give it give a lot of mouth feel up to the beer. You have some acidity. You 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 still get some of the flavor, but the aroma tend to fade out pretty quickly. That's a good point with peach. In, in, in general, yeah, in general, working with peach is pretty problematic. So. Yeah, <laughs> unless you use a shit ton of it. But in this mm-hmm. style, I can imagine you wouldn't want to overdo it. Yeah. It wouldn't really say. This is fascinating, man. Like the, the fruited variants are always really interesting to me because putting, it seems like not something you would think of to put you know, black currant in a 9.5% coffee stout that's very heavy on the coffee. Um, mm-hmm. And it works in an interesting way. It's kind of like all of those coffee elements that you expect from Peche is still there, the bitter dark chocolate and that huge espresso. But the fruitiness, it's almost like a ramped up version of the Sadama with the, the, the fruit. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. actually, this is why I told you to go with the Sadama first mm. because the opposite would be probably like a, like a downward uh, taste. Yeah. <laughs> it would be, yeah, this would have been too much. You probably wouldn't have noticed as much of that, that sort of change. Um, I, really, I really like this. I'm always like, I'm trying to, is it kind of like, it's like Black Forest Cake ish. Would you say because yeah, well, yeah when we we work with with fruit and 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 you no know, black beer is always the mind we have so it's like right. if it can work in the cake why not in the beer in the beer you know? hey, man. so so but there's always like a balance of sweetness and roundness and stuff like this uh, there's you no know, sometimes we uh, put a little bit less hop in in, in, in this version the the real peche. It's not like a super hoppy beer, but there's like good bitterness in it. Mm. But when we do with, with fruit, we're going to go on, on the lower side because roast, bitterness, and fruit, you know, sometimes it's just going to be like a big challenge. It's, it will not work. It's delicate. The balance is super delicate for that. Yep. Yeah. So with Peche, so obviously it started in 2001 and it kind of grew on its own. When did the Jeunet Peche start? Um. I should look back exactly, but I think it's 2015 or 16. Mm. Um, it's, it, it's actually, we, uh, it's kind of the, uh, the, uh, the idea was basically from uh, the Zwan's Day. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the um, Cantillon. Yeah, the Cantillon one, yeah. So the first time, actually, um, when Jean, he, 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 the idea was doing like a really small batch and people was just buying it and selling back on, on, on auction on the internet. It was kind of pissed off. Yeah. And he said, so he figured that you're going to just do keg and sell it around the world and pour it in the same time, the same day. Okay. And we and said, and he asked us, Hey, you want to do that? Oh, sure, I will do that. So I will, I'll be one of your Swans Day plays for sure. Mm. And Stefan say, said, you know what? Maybe we should do something like that with Peche. And said, hmm, well, it's a big challenge, but why not? So that's why, because we decided to do a couple of variations. We, do it, we did it on, on a really small scale, basically just uh, in Canada and maybe a couple of places in the U.S. And that's it. It's just okay. the second year that we... We move to like a bigger scale, mm. and uh, and slowly go up to. I think last year we did it was eighty different bar around the world, something like that. Jesus. So 
that's insane, man. Like, I'm talking yeah, it's, like it's, you had it in Brazil, Australia, like all across <laughs> Europe, all across yeah. North America and major cities. Like, that is a, a, a logistical feat. It's, 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 a lo- it's a lot of work, though, because, yeah, yeah we have, to, we have to, to, you know, test our beer at the brew pub, pick up the best one, produce a beer, package a beer, and ship it on time to make sure they're going to be there on time, not at the import in the country, but at the bar, you know, that can be, like, at the opposite of the country where we ship the beer. So, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. So usually in January, we have to, the beer have to be out of the warehouse uh, for, 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 the, for that. So it's, it's a lot of logistics. Oh, I can't imagine. And, and, and we cannot just send like a cold keg. You know, we have to, to time this with like a, like a regular order for, uh, of, of, of that importer to make sense. Otherwise, the shipping is just... Out of control. Too expensive, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is a lot of, a lot of, uh, of management. So, but it's yeah. fun. No, it's totally worth it. I think that, in, that, that feat in and of itself, the fact that you're able to get 80 different bars, however many countries that works out to be, it's, um, you know, like I, I remember when I first went back to Australia and I saw it there, like not even Peche, just saw due to CL beers there and I lost yeah. my mind. Like I just, I didn't even think the Canadian beer would be down there. And it's, it's, so, it's so funny to me. One of the most amazing things I think you've created is that this beer is arguably the greatest coffee stout in the country. I think most people would, would agree with that. And it's $2.99, I think, at almost anywhere you find it. But you can go anywhere and, and the price, because it's, it's, it's almost like you we're so fortunate here in Quebec or in Montreal, at least, that all of this beer is so easily obtainable, yet... Um, you know, for, for people, you know, overseas, even just over in Ontario or just over the border there in Vermont or whatever, it's so, it, the price goes up and it's just such a sought after beer. You've been able to keep it so cheap locally, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I think that is such a, a it's almost like that's like a, some respect you're giving to the, the local market that helped you become, you know, what you guys are today. It's like, mm. like hey man, here, here's the best. Because you can't just buy the best coffee stand in the world for $2.99. It's ridiculous. Like that's just so insanely cheap. Four. Well, you know what I mean. The the direct distribution that we have here help a lot too. So the uh, this is what we 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 see from other uh, places like Ontario. So when we have to go through the LCBO or the beer store, they they pick up like a big margin. Right. So, so it, that's they a nice to. thing in Quebec. Mm. So uh, uh, we yeah, we we definitely like this uh, this system. Uh, yeah. If you go in Alberta, it's also uh, quite convenient. Uh, BC is like a mixed system, uh, but uh, in Quebec, it's like the simplest one. <laughs> so right. I'm, I'm, I'm brew beer, you're a retailer, I sell you the beer, you sell well, the customer. <laughs> None of that, like, I guess, because you're not crossing <laughs> the provincial borders, you don't have to deal with the provincial uh, LCBO and all that nonsense, right? So makes a lot If I sense. sell in Ontario, yeah, it's. it's, it's it's almost like export my beer. Right. So. Which is so ridiculous between this invisible line where you, you can just drive over it and it makes no difference. But then <laughs> as soon as you want to sell beer, they want to keep it for 12 weeks here in Quebec if you want to bring Ontario beer. And I imagine it's probably something similar going in there. Probably. Say it again. 
So if, if, say, an Ontario brewery wants to put beer in Quebec through their SAQ as a 12-week period where they have to warehouse it. Yeah, yeah, it's you know the same I mean? thing. So same it, thing? It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty long to get the beer on the shelf when you go through the studio. So here is a, you know, I, I can the beer uh, today and it can be in the store tomorrow. So. Right, so it's as fresh as it, uh, it can get. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. So then if you started 2015 or so for Peche Day, the variants, I feel like every year they just got bigger and more and more every, every time. I wasn't around for it then. I don't know why. I just didn't know about it. Even though I've lived down the road from you for like eight years. Um, uh-huh. the, I remember maybe the first time I there was like eight or 10 and then now there's like 15 or 20 different variants. And then you still export like at least half of those variants. I see, you know, Godspeed, yeah. I know, you know, you're good friends with Bim and he always yeah. has them out there in Toronto. Um, cause my brother lives up the road from him and I know him well. So yeah. it's like, I always make sure, I know my friends always go there in Toronto and they get almost, you know, it's like a solid half the amount, which is pretty impressive. I know we get everything here in Montreal, so we're the most fortunate because we can go to both pubs and be able to get all the variants. So you guys are going crazy with the variants. So, like, how did that ramp up? And what, you know, like, how do you sort of decide on what to do? Do you just guys just all like brainstorming in the brewery and just kind of like, all right, what about this? And just doing anything that comes up? Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, we're <clears throat> you know I have you know uh, several brewers working working with me too. So they and yeah, they can bring me Heidi. We and we we try to exactly like kind of do brainstorm, but I have to say it's getting harder and harder. So it's because we don't want to do just like a crazy thing to do something new if it's not good. So the right. thing is to be relevant, and if we do something else because it's going to be good. And to be honest, we, we kind of feel, you know what, it, it might be a time to do like, like a best of. No, everything mm. we tried, that was, you know what, it was fucking good. And, and something that we tried, is, well, it was okay, but you know what, it was just okay. So right. it doesn't mean, doesn't have to do it again. So slowly, this is pretty where we go. Mm. Uh, and it, it's, it's a thing to be forced to create something, and sometimes you don't get the idea this, this way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's better to just drink beer, talk, and boom. You some sometimes, yeah, you you get drunk and you you say a silly <laughs> thing and you say, you know what? That's cool. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a note. Don't forget yes, it. Don't forget boring. quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 how all the thing happened. But yeah, slowly we figured out. You know what? Maybe we should. You know, just really think that was the best because we don't want to kill the brand just trying crazy stuff or uh, we could go, you know, with a big time pastry and, you know, uh, marshmallow peche or, or it will not happen. No. How <laughs> no. do you feel about, actually, that's a good question. How do you feel about the pastry sort of thing? Like, and I guess obviously the answer is probably not a big fan. You know, some people tell me that the aphrodisiac, that the aphrodisiac was like a pastry style. And I said, nah, I don't really agree with that. So it's, yeah, because there's some vanilla in it, you, the beer feel a little more sweet. Mm. That's true. But, but the beer itself is not super sweet. And I don't, I, you know, we did like uh, the pesce latte, we did, we use a little bit of uh, lactose in it, but just to round up the beer a little bit. And it, it gives like a small personness of, of 
like a milky character in it. Yeah. But when, when people go with five or 10% of lactose, oh shit, it's a sugar bomb. Yeah. So no, I, and I have a sweet tooth. I, I like sweet beer. Right. <laughs> I, I do a lot of sweet beer, but it's just like, super sweet so okay i could like take uh, two ounces and say okay well but i will never go more than that and doing that uh, is not is not my thing so yeah if i work if i work with like those it's going to be just like a hint uh here and there because yeah okay i I can see a deal or the mouthfeel is cool so but over the top no not really not my thing that makes sense the pastry stouts, I'm not even a huge fan of them either. They're okay. Like, they're kind of fun, but I, I wouldn't want them all the time. I do love lactose, and I was actually going to say my favorite variant of Peche is the latte version because mm-hmm. we have a stupid Twitter account called Team Lactose. Like, my friend and I, and <laughs> we, we ride for lactose because everybody, a couple of years ago, everyone was getting mad about lactose, and now everyone's getting yeah. mad about smoothie sours or something. So mm-hmm. um, I never even thought about making Peche a, a pastry stout, to be honest. Um, that's an interesting thought, but uh, it's kind of feels no, I said, like I said, um, I said. I said it's the effort Zach that some people say they want to do that, not pressure. Yeah, and I and yeah, I'm not really angry with that. No, but, no, no, just because I use vanilla ice pastry, so um, I don't. Maybe some people could say that. I feel like there's no real like definition of a pastry stout. Vanilla no, no, no. is n- not particularly right. Like vanilla is yeah. often a common component, so is lactose. But yeah. if you had just those two, I don't think it's enough. I think you'd need coconut or chocolate or some other fruit or something to make it a pastry. Technically, like you're trying to replicate a cake or something. I think a cake the, exactly. Yeah. The very, I mean, look, this tastes like a cake as it is, but I would not call this a pastry stout. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome, sir. I did want to ask you, what is your favorite of the variants of Peche that you've done over the years? Do you have any favorites, some of your, like, you know, ones that you enjoyed the most that maybe you'll keep doing? Um, I, not in general, but I really like the, uh, like, the coffee variation, like the Sedano uh, or the Yergajev. Or, mm. uh, it, it, yeah, it, I really like, actually, this is a type of coffee I like to drink. So, uh, and it gives some of the pastry I, I really like to drink. Yeah. It's probably some of my favorite variation yeah. I'm doing. They really reflect that coffee. Yeah. I like that. No, that's dope. So then, you know, the pastry, like we were saying, I went to the, I think, 2017, 18, and 19. I think, I guess, I might have missed the first couple of years. And then I was looking forward to last year, as we were just saying off air, the lockdown happened less than two weeks before Peche Day. Yeah. And you guys were like, none of us knew what was happening to be, you know, at the time we were all like, uh, we just came back from Vermont as well. And that was at the time where like people were starting to sanitize. There was no masks. You could still do everything, but no one really knew. Um, and then when, it, when they did the lockdown, I think it was the Sunday or the Monday, which would have been the 15th or 16th of March. A lockdown, it was a Sunday. Yeah. The Sunday, 15th of March. That's what when, I thought. When, when, when they closed the bar, it's, it's a Sunday. It was a Sunday. I will, I will always remember that. <laughs> okay, so good. Some people remember the day they were, they, they was at, uh, for sure, I remember where, where I was on the uh, 9-11. Uh, my parents always told me, you know, you, 
everybody remember where they were at uh, when Kennedy was shot? Me, I always remember that they, they closed my bar. So, <laughs> what? You're closing my bar? <laughs> like, what's I, happening? I was, I, was, I was pissed off. Yeah, man. But now, now I understand we had to do it. So I, I don't contest that at all. But yeah, on, I was shocked. It was, what? Yeah. This is my job. <laughs> right? like, what are you doing? This is my life. This is what I do. So, yeah. so it would have hit you guys pretty hard, and, and particularly for the event. And then you pushed it to, I think, April 25th, if I remember right. Yeah, because, you know, if you remember well, we were supposed to close for two weeks. <laughs> so, but nobody knows. Right? So 12 months you? later. And we said, okay, it's still going to be springtime, so hopefully we're going to be able to do something. And but uh, but after that, we said, okay, I think it will not happen not in in, in the way. Yeah. yeah, and this is how the, the beer was distributed. We decided to sell the pack. Yeah, and um, and even then we had we. we even then we had a couple of complaints because people said, "Oh, you're going to create lineup and stuff like this." No, we'll not create lineup. People going to grocery store anyway. So it just uh, and everything was went well actually, and um, and and yeah, we had a lot of here in K, and we said okay, slowly during summertime we just we were kind of connecting eggs and and no the the bar who bought our beer did the same thing all summer long. They they had some keg here and there. And yeah, this is a. It was like a, a like um, keep going, fishy day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all you can do. Uh, Tiff is saying, miss the DDC bar. Same here. One of the our most um, the biggest achievement you can do in my land is in the summer is get a seat on the Duticiel patio. I think I've sat there <laughs> twice in my life, and I've lived in Montreal for nine years almost. Like it's impossible yeah. to get a seat. Like even during the best of times, you know, like it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and that was like the goal. So every, you know, we went there the other day to, I mean, I walk past it all the time, but I went, you know, to pick up the, the new stuff and I was, I'd, I'd seen that. I love the way that you guys have been able to pivot and, um, and, and at least, you know, since you can't use the bar, you can still brew out of it and you can also sell out of it, which is always the one thing that pissed me off about Quebec is that I can't go to Judiciel and leave with, a case of bottles or whatever I would like to, after I've drank yeah. everything, I have to go to the depreneur across the street to buy it. I, I think that's such a ridiculous law. And now, you know, the fact that at least you've been able to sell your products from the window, you know, every time I walk past, there's always people there, you know, just picking stuff up, which is very nice to see because people want to see, you know. Well, they, they, no, they changed a lot about the, the, the growers like two years ago or something like that. Okay. But, one of the good thing mm. of the pandemic, they also did some modification uh, on the law that yeah, I, now I can package the beer, I can sell it, and and you can live with it. So, which is great. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of the good thing of the pandemic. So, as long as they <laughs> keep least, that, yeah. Oh, they will keep it. It's, it's not just like a temporary. Okay. Uh, so they 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 kind of realize that. Maybe they figured that it could like last. This situation could last for a long time, or you no know, come and go, or they, they, they don't know. They said, "Well, okay, it makes sense that you know if the pizza place can you know, sell a pizza to go, why not like a group up?" Yeah? It makes sense. <laughs> I know that you guys had the different license because you're a kitchen. You guys have a fantastic menu. 
So yeah. you guys were always penalized with not being able to sell the package via to go, which always sucked. And when I say yeah. you guys, I mean everybody with that license. But if you went to a place that was just a tap room, they were yeah. always able to, they always had a fridge in the corner. Yeah, if you, you have like the, what we call the industrial brewing license, yeah, this, you're allowed to, to, to sell beer to go. And we had like, like the craft brewer license was, but it was like a like a regulation that was designed like in for the Schwabline uh, eighty seven or eighty eight. So nobody mm. could knew or figure you know what could happen. Just the idea of having a bar owning his own brewery in the middle of a city was kind of nah, we don't exactly. know. It could not be like a trouble thing and and mm. no and you no know, other brewery could be upset of that and so they so we have to understand the situation. The only thing I don't understand is why it took like 30 years to finally understand, yeah, we should modify a lot. That I can say, hey, okay, you're a very slow learner. <laughs> uh, you know, with respect to Quebec, everybody was a slow learner. I think Quebec was exceptionally <laughs> slow. I, when we first started doing this virtual podcasting, before we even interviewed people, it was just Tiff and I talking, we didn't know what to do. And we were talking about it, and I looked into it, and I believe the law was from 1928. That's how dated the law is for all of these yeah. things. You know, it's yeah. 100-year-old law, man. Yeah. Well, the, the roots of the law is, yeah, this is true. It's just, uh, you know, we never had the, um, the prohibition like in the States. Mm. But they, they, they put really, really because the English Canadian wanted to have like a prohibition and the French didn't want. So Ooh. finally, yeah. So there's like a referendum and it didn't pass because the, the, the French Canadian was against it. And so the, the prime minister said, okay, yeah, we did a good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, but every, every province can put a different, very strong regulation about alcohol. Mm. And it just basically modified this is all instead of saying, okay, you know what? we should you know, start from ground zero. Mm. But the thing is also is, you know, if you want to get elected, this might not be the, you know, the best thing. There's always people you know, against alcohol. And so, so this is a bit why they, a lot of women don't go there. So they, they don't have that much to, to gain and they might have a lot, a, a lot to lose. Right. So this is why they, ah, okay. Uh, they don't want to look like they promote alcohol. So, even uh, if I understand, do. it was a complicated time, I guess, back then. Yeah. But it, it just sucks that in 2021, we're still dealing with the ramifications of a law that was made, you know, 93 or whatever, 92 years ago. Oh, it's, 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 and every time we have to, we have to go through and try to understand. The law, there's so many lines, and you need to be a lawyer to really understand it. Yeah. And and actually, you never know how they're gonna interpret the law because it's yeah, it's been some some line been written like <laughs> years and years ago, and and there's a lot of okay, this line doesn't apply anymore, and and the other lines oh, it's not it's applying again, and <laughs> it's just, it's a mess. It's, it's pretty broken. Whoa, uh, so man. yeah. But yeah, fine. But at least they, they, they understood that they, they have to, you know, help us to go through this. And they, they, 
they did a, a good move. So the best I, thing I, I will, I will, I will yeah. I'll give them that to finally understand that, yeah, I can, now you can go and come. And even when the pub is going to be open, you want to leave with some cam. Yeah, there it is. You That's what go. I want to see. It's so, yeah. I feel like this is such like a particular, like because of my proximity to you and that, you know, you guys are one of the best breweries in the, in the province. Whenever people came, because, you know, Tiffany's from Toronto, we have a lot of people coming to visit before all this. So one of the main places I took people with was GDCL. And it always was like, I was always like, oh, like they're loving the beer. And I, I knew that they would have taken some beer to go to bring back, even if they weren't drinking it here, they wanted to take it back and enjoy yeah. it and share it with people or whatever, but they, they couldn't do it on the spot. And I think there's a missed opportunity for business. Like it just seemed like a hindrance, oh, you know? It, it was big time, especially, you know, all those years that Montreal was so strong with, uh, like with the touristic business during summertime, yeah, we're losing a lot of uh, opportunity, and so <laughs> kind of sad about it for sure. Yeah. And during summertime, we're pretty busy, but even during wintertime, we uh, Montreal have a lot of uh, business traveler coming for uh, you know uh, uh, conference stuff like this downtown, and they were coming have uh, like taking a beer and say, oh, you know what, I will take a little beer to bring home to a friend and so and so right kind of and it was kind of slow season so we we need that to the sales yeah right yeah so 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 when the tourists will be back in Montreal it will be really good for that. Yeah. So because it it will happen again. I know it. I'm 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 a true believer. Yes. Damn right. No we it's uh, we'll get back there. It's just, I'm, I'm glad that at least that something positive came out of it, you know, that people can sell their, I've seen the breweries can sell food on, say, Uber Eats or whatever, and a lot yeah. of them are being allowed to sell the beer, and, and if you're selling yeah. wine or anything else, you can sell those bottles and stuff at restaurant prices with it, which Ontario have been doing for ages. BC have been doing that forever. But I, I should be that. able to order a pizza, like you guys do those fire pizzas. I should be able to order a couple of pizzas and give me a four pack or an eight pack or whatever of yeah. some bottles, like cans to yeah. go. Like, why can't we can? Man, we're adults. Do you know what's, it's just so funny to, I, I won't run on about it, but coming from, say, Ontario and then coming to Quebec, one of my favorite things was I can go to the gas station, even though it's shit beer, but you can get beer. <laughs> go to the supermarket, I can get my vegetables. I can get a yep. four pack of beer, and and now yep. most supermarkets have a craft beer section, which is cool. Absolutely, yeah. So why can't I go to the brewery, the place that makes it, and take that beer to go? It's it's absurd. Like I can drink it in the park with a packet of chips, but I can't buy it yep. from the. You know what I'm saying? It's like the one ridiculous restriction of Quebec. Whereas in Ontario, every single brewery has a fridge with stuff. Yeah, exactly. Every single yep. one. So it's this you know, is one, this is one thing they had better than us. The one At thing, they but did. they did. did now they? we're catching up. We're yeah. catching up. Speaking of catching up, I'm going to catch up to you here with the Mexican. <laughs> Good. That's that's open yeah. that. Yes. So this is essentially like how much uh, of the spice do you have in this one? It, it's not super hot. No, we we did some, we did some uh, actually. Uh, Pepper version of the aphrodisiac was uh, was a lot more spicy than that, and okay. actually some people find it like too too spicy. Too spicy. Uh, this one is just like a little bit of heat. Uh, 
because we work with uh, with Saman Show basically, which okay. is not a super not a super hot pepper, mm-hmm. but there's the a regular. lot of flavor. We want to have the flavor of the of the pepper, not just the heat of the pepper. Right, it's like that nice earthy kind of uh, vibe in there. Yeah, I like that. So we're making sure we take the photos as we go. Content yeah, sure. creation, it's important. Um, no, it's great. I could even smell it just smelling from the bottle there. It had like a nice, um, I guess, earth, earthy vegetal, but like... Earthy, a little bit vegetal. It's going to be a little bit fruity. Um, but not this like... This is the character. It wasn't crazy. It wasn't like, whoa, what is this? It was like, yeah, this no. is... Yeah. No, like, like I said, we... we, we uh, the, the version we did, the that the, the did was really strong and yeah. so you could have a glass but then it was oh yeah and it, i i really wanted to go on on, on the i i like I, I i eat quite spicy so i me i can deal with a lot of spice but i try to you know with talking you know tasting the beer with uh stefan with with my other brewers you no know, we try to make okay what is the good balance so you for sure, at the, at the patient day, yeah, you can get, maybe have like a two ounces glass or a four ounces glass, something like that. But at home, you might you might share the bottle with somebody, or you might have the full bottle. Mm. And I want to make sure that you want to drink your glass. So, regardless, for me, yeah. I, I I could I could have a little bit more for my 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 flavor, my taste. I could put a little bit more. Right. But I know that some people say, "Oh, this is just fine like that." Right. Okay, so everyone has their, particularly with spice, like people have their very specific yeah. kind yeah. of limits. Like, you know, Tiff doesn't like spice. I love it too. I'm, I'm sort of like in the middle on uh, beer and where spice should be at. It's an interesting middle ground, I find, with beer as far as like how spicy can it be before it gets a little too much um, and it's got to kind of be... Um, just the right amount so it's not like i don't know do you want to drink liquid chili i don't know you know yeah well, you, you we well for sure we also do like a peppercorn right okay. here that uh which is also same What's thing that? was uh, you know find the right balance that would visit this it was also oh, like find the right balance you know yeah yeah with the peppercorn flavor and the beer so you could go through the glass and everything and same thing as I, I love peppercorn, so I could, you know, use a lot of it. But the idea was to find the balance, and um, we just brewed like a, a special beer for a, a restaurant. So we're using a yuzu kosho, so it's basically like yuzu uh, skin uh, ferment in, in the, like in a chili paste. Mm. So it's a Japanese uh, like condiment. Lemon. Yeah. Yeah, and and in salt, and so uh, you, it, it, this beer, especially when it's young, is is quite hot. So right, so uh, it goes not, but but it's designed to go with food, so it's okay. Um, it's also how you how you figure the beer going to be drink. You know, if it's Disney, you figure it out. So people are going to eat uh, food. Though you going to have the fat of meat or or maybe a. Fat from cheese or everything is different if you just drink the beer. So right. it's also what you have to figure uh, how the beer can be drink. 
Uh, right. So, so how far you can go with the spice. Yeah. Right. It's a good point. I mean, like coming back to then that, what, based on what you're saying now, like this is not what I would consider over the top. This is like a nice, like I can, I'm aware that the peppers are here, but it's not, it's not too much. No. It's, it's not burning in any shape or form. Um, you can, yeah, you can kind of feel it, but not, not too much. Yeah. Just, yeah. A little, just the right amount, which is good. It's like the, uh, the, the Limonade Poivre we, uh, that we brew for summertime, which is, uh, it's, uh, it's like a sour beer with lemon and we, we use a little bit of peppercorn in it and it's a lot less than I would use like in the Rodvisit this. And it's just like when, when, when you drink the beer, you have definitely the, the acidity of the beer, you have the mouthfeel, you get the, 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 the lemon flavor and then you just have like, oh, well, this is an interesting feeling in my mouth. So mm. if I would say to people there's peppercorn, it probably you would, oh, what is it? And you could look for a long time before to get it. But definitely it brings something because if when we taste the beer before we had the peppercorn, the feeling is totally different. Mm. So sometimes you don't need a lot to, to give a total a different experience. Hmm. I like that. I feel like sometimes that's that's something that's maybe missing in beer is like that subtlety. Like these days, mm -hmm. everything is let's go crazy, which I like. I like crazy, but there's also something to be said for subtlety, particularly with something like spice or peppers mm -hmm. or peppercorns and things like that. I, I love that. I, I think that speaks to what you do. Like your stuff is always refined, well done. And I feel like if you went too like wild with all your stuff, it would kind of be like strange or off brand maybe because mm -hmm. you do some like, I mean, arguably, I don't know if I, you know, the la I feel like the latte stout, I don't know if I'd seen really one before that peche uh, personally that I can think of anyway. And that was, that felt pretty wild to me at the time when I first saw it. So you guys do do some, you know, putting Mexican stuff. I mean, that's been done for a while, but you're doing oh. it subtle. Putting friggin', you know, black currants and raspberries and cherries and shit into a, a big stout as well. When you started doing it, I don't think it was pretty normal. No, we, we, we had the chance to be there for a while. So we had the chance to experiment a lot of stuff. And right. even when it, it wasn't perfect, people was kind of forgiving. So that's 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 cool, <laughs> but over time, yeah, we we, we kind of we learn out of it and say so now we I'm I make sure that uh, even if it's like a first run that the, the beer is good. If it's not good, I'm I'm not shy to throw a beer into the drain. Right. It's just you know, uh, it's it's okay to do a mistake. It's, right. You know, it's it's not okay to try to sell it. So I like that. And sometimes it's not perfect. It's okay. And you can pick up the comment from people and make sure that okay. And especially if you're like in the team, you can disagree. So oh, I think it's good. This one. I'm not sure. And then okay, let's 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 see. At least always saying oh, I'm not sure. Okay, not sure. Okay, it's a mistake. It's good. okay. And, right. And take notes and and do it again. But yeah, over time is yeah. Definitely try to 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 go more like you said with like a, a balance and because I. I like when people want when they finish their 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 glass, they want another one. 
Mm. It's it's always my goal. So it's just, it, it, it it's not have to be pints after pints can be just small glass and after small glass. But just the idea of I know what it was really good. I want to have another one, mm. or maybe tomorrow. But I definitely want to have another one. I just oh check and and moving on. So yeah, it's really what I'm trying. It's not easy actually. It's uh it's pretty tough to, no, to do I can that. Imagine. Particularly with the way people are these days, and everyone wants something new and, and whatever. Um, one of my favorite things is always whenever I go to the pub, I always get flights. I always get a Buno, usually something like eight different stuff. Because you guys have mm-hmm. so many beers, I'd go there and I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck, I haven't seen any of these before. These are yeah. all because you have so many experimental brews at the brew pub. So I'm like, all right, give me that, 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 you know. And, and I always well, enjoy the- that experience. I miss that a lot, to be honest. Well, the, the brew pub is is kind of an R and D lab for the for the packaging brewery. So when I when I work with a with a new hop or just do like a variation of the IPA, so modif- you know modifying the the blend. So this is why I'm doing it, trying the new yeast and stuff like this. And so on the menu, we try to just have like five IPA. We try to have like you no know, like a flavor spectrum on, uh, on it. Um, and depending the season, it's going to be more sour and fruit. During the winter, it can be more bold and sweeter beer and stuff like this. But yeah, during the pandemic, we kind of shrink our menu because uh, definitely just with the takeout, our volume just uh, was way slower and we want to make sure that the beer was fresh. So we decided to keep like a smaller volume and and, and make sure the beer that we sell is, is fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and slowly... We're gonna you know, expand back our, our menu for hopefully opening sometime in summer. Right. Jesus uh, Christ. And, and yeah, and again, we're gonna try to design like a menu that, yeah, you, the, whatever you like us, you're gonna find something that you enjoy, and you can start your day with a uh, like a sour for beer and finish with uh, with an imperial stout. So this is. This is uh, what we like to do. Uh, for sure, the IPA was so popular, you can have many IPA on, and people are just going to go through it. Uh, that's all right to have like the full one on the menu, but as me as a customer, I like to go and say, okay, I can travel here on the menu. So right. uh, this is uh, what I like to offer to, to the customer. I love that. One thing that did surprise me was, I, I don't know if it was last year, I don't even know about time anymore, but not too long ago you did your first New England IPA, which is a style that I kind of never really associated with you. Kind of what we were saying, I feel like you really do more, that's not true, I was about to say classic styles, that's not really true. I feel like you do a bit of everything, but I just didn't think that you would do one, and you did one, Was that when was that, 2019 I reckon? Uh, we, we actually, was it last year? one of our first NAPA was, uh, was actually for a 20th anniversary in, it was 18. Uh, oh, really? yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we, we did other NAPA, New England IPA and actually even on the, we had one or, uh, on our last party because we had the chance, luckily to have like a party September. It was a, for sure, definitely than the crazy one we have. Yeah, <laughs> everybody was as a home table. <laughs> but super spreader. Yeah, at at mm. least we had something. Uh, so yeah, 
it's exactly like you said. I like the balance, and some of those beer are not really balanced. But yeah. they actually we we work on 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 one since I well pretty much uh, September, and then all all during winter we did a several version, and it's going to be uh, we're going to do like a run test in, in Saint Jean soon. It's pretty much like a, like a New England IPA, but maybe a little bit more hoppy than. I mean, better, better than that the one can find because I I really feel that at the end you, you still need some bitterness to to balance the beer. Right. Uh, this that I will not change my mind about this. Um, even this can be super tropical and stuff like this, but at the end you need like uh, you need the backbone, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, they are really popular. People asking for it, so yeah, it's okay. I can do them. I'm able. Okay, but so you but it. mine can be. Mine's gonna be the best one. <laughs> I like that attitude. Okay. I got a sound cocky. Hey man, you've earned it. You can say whatever the hell you want, dude. You're a legend, no. but, but I hope people gonna know, like the way I, I want. I want to do this for right. My, okay. No, I like that you stick to the way you like to do shit. I think that's important too. Like, you know, if you want to do it, you want to do it a certain way, and you make sure you stick to that. I think that's that's super cool. Particularly for you know for a brand that's you know so respected and been around so long, it's uh, it's super important. The other thing, since we're just, we're just talking about like COVID and the way that so things have changed. So for you guys, like basically, I think essentially both breweries and the brew pub sections, because you do have a big tap room, it's quite large at uh, Saint Jerome as well. That you had to sort of close. And you've just been doing packaged and a little bit of growlers really since. Most of the, I know, like last year was like open closed, open closed. But yeah, yeah, we uh, we during the first wave, we basically we, we closed down for like I would say five or six weeks. No, not even sell growers. Mm. We just we we just said we you know luckily in Montreal we established for a year, so we you know we we had some money in the bank, so we can we 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 don't you know some places had to run because otherwise it would. It was even before any help was coming from the government, so I, I don't understand. But for us, we say, okay, people, just stay home. Uh, we're going to try to understand what's going on, be safe, exactly. Even in Saint-Jerome, we say, okay, we're going to just produce beer and sell it to the grocery store. And then when the things were slowly settled down, so okay, so we see you no know, takeout in restaurants, to, and you know what, okay, it seems to work. Uh, okay. And people, you know, some people say, I mean, I have to go out of home. I, have of home and I need to work a little bit. Okay, cool. And then we, that's how we set up our uh, little, little takeout. So. And same thing with the second wave. So, uh, okay, let's, now we, we know the drill. Yeah. So let's go back <laughs> to, to, to the takeout. And Saint-Jean, we, we run, we had some food for a while, but we, we stopped because we're, our place is not really known as a takeout place and there was other place in Saint Jean that you know that's their business so it's okay that's that's stuff but now with springtime we uh, we're looking to you know fire up the, the kitchen a little bit uh, before the pubs when they open uh, same thing also it's just you know our staff just they want to work they want to they want to do something so I just uh, and I understand that we though in a way I've been lucky and all my staff you know we were working you know so I had to you know go up in the morning and had something to do not just wait so that's that that made things quite different that's and cool. um 
So uh, and and yeah, and right now in Saint Jerome, yeah, the so the take out beer at the, like three or four days a week, I think. Um, and and otherwise, we just know we had the rebranding this year. Uh, maybe about, you yes. noticed. Yes, <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> so it, it was done before the pandemic, actually. So it's okay. just, but the, the time and the can was also planned before the pandemic. Was just it just happened. Oh, all, all at once. <laughs> so, boom. So it's been a pretty, uh, really uh, busy winter. You know, switching all the label and all the branding, moving yeah. beer to can and hmm. a lot of changes. Yeah, so but we're happy with it. Uh, uh, our sales are doing pretty strong, um, and uh, but we definitely you know I there's a reason why I'm running to pub is because I, I like this life. Mm. You know, I like I like running pubs. I like have the people in my place and I have a great time. And I didn't want just to run a packaging brewery. It wasn't my plan at all. Right. So I miss that a lot. So. I can imagine it must be very hard for that like mental switch over because I'm just making uh, bottles and cans now, which is, this was more of a bonus than the, the, the key business. You know, I can imagine. So yeah, so through, through the, the social media, yeah, okay, I can see people like my beer, but it's not like they're right there, you know? And very different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which so, is, uh, yeah. So then... The, the, the thing with you guys that I thought was, was, was fortunate was that, you know, a lot of breweries didn't even package before. They didn't even have a canning machine or a bottling machine. You guys obviously were bottling for 20 years. So, you know, you've got accounts across the world, import, and, you know, people's appetite for craft beer didn't change. So whilst you would have lost the revenue from the front end on the brew pub side, you guys have a very strong packaging business that you can fall back on in times like this, whilst it's not optimal because they've got a bunch of staff that don't have work and you are a very personable guy. You're always, every time I go there, you're always there, you're talking to people and, you know, everyone knows you and you're like, hey, you know, that's, I can tell you enjoy that environment. At least you've been able to, and you can tell me if this is, it's been as, I, I, I'm on the surface, I'm thinking that it's been, mm-hmm mostly fairly like positive for you as far as you know you've you've got a packaging business to fall back on to keep money coming through to keep the place going you know keep people employed yeah. and things like that <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah but for, for sure it was it was a great thing we had this part of the business uh, uh otherwise i would probably be freaked out but yeah. in same time like you know every brewery had the same thing so even if you have a packaging uh, one of the, the um, one part of the, the the business that is pretty profit, profitable is the draft business, you know, selling kegs, because the you know selling bottle and selling can is really expensive. The markup are way mm-hmm. smaller, and, uh, and and in our case, the pub business was really profitable. So, so it changed our it changed our business model actually. So we okay now we're like. Packaging, distributing, brewery. So, so we we kind of have to sit down and do our math. So, but it's been okay. And luckily, our you know, uh, our business in, in grocery store actually grow grow up because you know people can drink at home. So at, at the bars. So, but still, you know, we have to think different though. Yeah. And and not alone. Mm. You know, 
every brewery that have uh, like a strong draft uh, business, even Boreal has been like, uh, you know, they had to, 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 to work on this part and it, it's been like a challenge. But yeah, at least it's not just <clears throat> you shutting down the switch. No, it's okay. We, ha we have this. And like you said, we're not just distributing small, we're distributing grocery store. And especially during the first wave, people was going out once a week and the only place they were going it was to grocery store. Grocery. Mm. So, so luckily we're in Metro, we're in Nigeria and stuff like this. So, so we're, we're kind of ready for, for that. Right. So, uh, but uh, we are <laughs> looking forward to, to have draft counts and, and our pub open for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but like I said, just the fact that in the morning, I was, okay, let's go away, let, let's, let's go to work. It was like, uh, it, was a, it was a really good thing. Oh. Yeah, some people, uh, I guess, weren't as fortunate. So you guys definitely were well positioned for something like this as, as you know, negative as overall this thing has been for mm -hmm. humanity and for particularly the hospitality industry, mm -hmm. at least you've been able to, to maneuver, stay alive, stay afloat, you know, keep things going. Like the profit margins obviously have reduced. That's what I've heard. It's funny. Like every single brewery tells me the same thing. Like, yeah, man, we're selling more beers. Like we're making just as much money as last year in revenue, but the profits are a small yeah. one because it's more, the bottom line. yeah, the yeah. bottom line, bro. Yeah. So I mean like, yeah. For the community, while it's not optimal, and you know, you obviously, you know, the beer business, all sorts of businesses aren't making the money that they used to. Um, the most important thing I think for the community is that you stay alive, and that there's when this is over, we want these breweries to be functional mm. and uh, bars and well, restaurants. Mm. I think most of the breweries are gonna make it. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, we have to admit that uh, you know, we had uh, a government that helped us a lot. Uh, you know, they've been uh, really good for a small, especially small business like this. Uh, uh, and and yeah, people just they wanted to support small brewery, and yeah. it's gonna make a big, big, big difference. So it would be like, uh, you know, have contact around the world and I know in some countries way tougher because they don't have a, the same support uh, from the government and yeah. and even the market is, is running different and it's going to be it might be tougher uh, in, in other places yeah. so um, so here no that's that's my feeling that most of the brewery going to make it so I haven't seen luckily, have you seen any closed down no same. Actually, that in, in Quebec, no. Mm. So I yeah. can't talk for the rest of the country, but in Quebec, I can say, okay, I closed down just because of the pandemic, and that's it. And so, so luckily, you now slowly things going to be back, and we might have like even we can even dream to a beer festival. Even even as you said we were you were a bit like fed up of beer festival. Yeah. I'm sure you're gonna enjoy the next one. Not even a question. <laughs> I've been thinking about it. Like the one I was looking forward to most aside those so Peche and um Furuni. Uh, Furuni, yeah, I know. So me yeah. too. You know, it's just, uh, it was supposed so, to happen last August. Yeah. And then they put it to this year, which it's not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. No, this summer I don't think it's gonna happen. No, it's so, I was getting maybe, maybe next year, maybe. 
Yeah, maybe 2022. Man, ugh, I don't want to talk about but like, you know, I look at my friends and family in Australia and they are mm-hmm. going to sports stadiums with 50,000 people and they're going to malls and stores without masks because they did it right. I just feel like we, there's something that we're missing here that mm-hmm. we, we fucked up on. And it's, it's kind of annoying me at this point because like you look at, it's April. We should have had Peche Day last month and we should have been able to go because we should have fixed this, you know, over the winter at the latest. Whereas Australia fixed it yeah. in like over our summer because their winter's our summer. They fixed it over the winter. I'm like, yeah, but they did. They did a really, really strong uh, lockdown. Way stronger. Strong, yeah. Way stronger. That's the only reason I thought the the curfew was okay because they did the eight pm curfew at, in, in Australia too. But it would like you're right. It was way stronger. They had you couldn't leave your house more than five kilometers. You had to have a note oh, yeah. if you went to the doctor. You're only allowed one person per household to go to the supermarket. All schools were closed. Like they went crazy, and then. They're paying for it in, you know, they, they paid for it then and now they're living their life. My yeah. friends are all on flights going across the country. They're about to open, uh, um, I think next week, they open Australia to New Zealand flights. And my friend yeah, told me that, well. that, yeah, and he said that it's, it's sold out. Is that it was the fastest selling flights in history, like as far as going between the two countries because it's the only place that you can go. So it's disheartening being that I'm seeing that, you know, the world, all of us are seeing that. And we're like, man, we could be having this and we're just missing out on so much. I was so hoping that this summer was going to be it. But then now I'm looking at the numbers. Ontario were nearly 5,000 cases today. It was 4,700 and Quebec was like 1,600 or 1,800 or something. It's like, ah, oh, fuck, man. Like... What are we doing? We have to just get it together because it's like, I don't know. It's just, I was, I'm sure even like forget everybody else. Like I feel like this means more to business owners like yourself who rely on this to be fixed so that we can actually sit on the, at the very least, give us a judicy old patio and let it, let it extend <laughs> the whole street. Yeah. And you know, fuck man. Uh, well, you know what? I'm looking at the number in the UK with the vaccination and, you know, because, okay, we, we don't get there. I hope so. I just feel like Australia and New Zealand, like, I think the vaccine is going to be great and it's going to help, but Australia and New Zealand got there without the vaccine. They're only getting it slower. So they, they were, they did this long before the vaccine existed. They were, yeah, they were doing this since like September and it's yeah, April. But the thing if they, they stay in their world, you know, like forever, it's going to be okay. But if nobody is... Oh, comes in. Immunity. That's a good point. That's a good point. But I, at the very... Okay, so at the very least, we get to the point where we can live. Like, and, and then we have to figure out the next step, which is how do we make it work with travel? Then that's another conversation. But I feel like we can at least fix it internally, but they haven't got to that point. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm probably missing something, but I'm just, uh, I, I think about it and talk about it with people every single day and I'm just frustrated. I just want to see, you know, you want to, I walk down St. Laurent or Park Avenue and half the businesses are closed and it's sad. It's, it's really sad. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. But we're going to keep, keep the, keep the faith, I guess, and hope that, uh, whether it's the people or the government that we do the right thing and, yeah, I always try to look when, when where the planes are going. Yeah, I have no choice otherwise. <laughs> no, we'll go crazy. 
Yeah, that's so, it, man. Yes. Beer, beer gonna save us. The beer is gonna save us. So I'm about to do the next one. Did you? Since you brought it up, yeah. I know we're gonna do the uh, the next one is the bourbon from the pack, which is yeah. the final one from the pack, and then we're gonna do the bourbon from the new pack. But yeah. you mentioned it. Do you want to talk about the rebrand? Because this is one of the things. Uh, it was very controversial rebrand because you are one of the most beloved breweries in the country. So changing the existing uh, beautiful branding you have with the artwork, I can imagine would be just touching. You basically were, you know, it's like you couldn't win whatever you did. So I'd love to hear it from your mouth um, specifically, why you did decided to rebrand, how that thought process was, how the response was. Did you expect that response? You know, yeah, well, the thing is, it, it, it started actually from, there's like a few of our old label that we wanted to change. Okay. And we also like had like some uh, of the new beer, like the Laser Lager, and uh, uh, that, that the, the design was totally different from what we did before. Okay. And Leila, which is our uh, brand director, I would say, uh, she said it was getting harder and harder to be no, it's important to have a product that when you're on the shelf, people recognize you right away. Yes. Especially now there's so many brewing, you know. Um, and this is when we were looking for changing a couple of labels, it was hard to, to see something that was fitting in it. And say, okay. And even the logo, we, we, we wanted to make sure that people recognized you right away. And our old logo was kind of hard to work with and to put like right away in front. Mm. And this is, it, it, everything starts from there. And so, okay. And so we should do like a total rebranding. And me was, oh no. <laughs> 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 and I know it, no, even the old angel, the, you know, the angel we had on the, the, the old beer cap. Yeah. You know, this is my original logo that a friend, you know, gave me when I was home brewer. So, so I'm, I'm, you know, so I have a feeling about this, this, this logo, and even the new, the, the not the new one, but the the old new one, or the new old one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I liked it, but I realized, okay, let's 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 try something, and we start the process, and and we kind of realize over the the process that. Even if I wanted to keep some of the old graphic we had, it was pretty hard to work with the new visual. And this is always, okay, you know what? We might to totally change like the morality to a different uh, illustration. And so, okay. And, and to a point we decide to, if we have to do like, to, to change, don't go, it's go big or go home, you know? Uh, yes, otherwise, even, if you do a small change, people will not be happy anyway. So you can't win. Yeah. yeah, change, do it, and then you start with like a, like a, like a new one. We no, there's a line that we we keep it like the Grand Classic. So we 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 keep uh, some of our really nice old label that we uh, that we like. But uh, yeah, we decide to. I would say the patient out there was kind of oh, maybe we could keep the old one but we, we did some trials nah, okay maybe that doesn't work with the new label so even this one we decide to for sure we keep the snake but uh the, but the illustrator 
how that we work with is uh, have a different signature than uh, Yannick, uh, like the uh, the first illustrator we work with. And is is the the way we decide to do it. And like you said, yeah, it it was a when when we released that it was it was a long night. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you kind of freak out. Oh shit! We did a bad move. But no, people were angry. Always, you no know, talk louder than people that are happy. So, so yeah, uh, loud minority. But yeah. But but we understand that pe- some people don't you know don't like it. It's all right. Some people are sad mm. to uh, lose some of the visual. I understand too. I'm I'm sad too. So, uh, but yeah, we had to do a move. And actually, if I look at myself, I think it was a good move. <laughs> That's all I can say about yeah. that. As long as you're happy. So it was a it was Layla's fault, is what you're telling. Yeah, it's always. <laughs> Sorry, Layla. I hope she's not listening. No, I hope she's I'll, I'll message her later. Oh, she just <laughs> texts me. She's texting. She's like, <laughs> "Shut up, Jerry." Um, no, I mean it's an interesting thing. When I when I saw more of the response before I even saw it to 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 take it in to see how I felt myself. I, if you guys weren't who you were, I don't think it'd be as big a deal. But you're changing something that people have known for twenty plus year, 23 years. And you've made the greatest coffee stout in the country that people, that you've made a day out of that's a worldwide day equivalent to Swansea Day. I mean, like, you're touching a lot of, you know, beer people are sticky with, you know, the purists particularly with things that they love. And when you mess with things they love, I imagine that hits some spots for them. So they're like, you know, even, even though objectively this is modernizing the brand. I guess yeah. they feel like you're fucking with something that they like, this is, this is my beer, man. What are you doing? Why are you changing? You know, I can understand oh, it for sure. Some people took it really personal. <laughs> more, more than me. <laughs> well, you're like, dude, this is my shit. Like, <laughs> but, but yeah, it, I can understand. So yeah. You know, and some comments is okay. I'm, I don't like this, and uh, this isn't my style. You know, but when people say it's ugly, huh? what do you know about graphic? Yeah, it just that's ugly is not a word I would associate with it. It's very, it's it's a, it's just modernized. Like I'm just looking at the two. To be, I saw it, but I've never stared at it. And looking at the two, I've got the two bottles in front of me. It's it's just very, it's different, but. Sometimes you need to update branding to come into the modern era. And I think one thing that maybe, and tell me what you think about this, I imagine it's the yellow, the bright yellow choice, particularly in the, you know, in the, in the logo yeah. that might've been people like yellow, like, you know, you look at this and there's nothing yellow on it. And then you see, it's like gray and you see this and it's all this bright yellow. So it might be a little disarming for people to see this bright lemon color on the beer that they associate so strongly. Like, you know, friends of mine, Noah Forrest, you know, Noah from Beerism, he's got every variant you've ever released of everything. He is the Dudicel, like, dictionary. Like, he knows everything about your shit. So, like, there's people that are probably like him. 
that have cellars full of your stuff. And then they're looking at this and their, their, their association is so closely tied in with the old branding that it's hard for them to just understand that brands need to move on sometimes, you know? <clears throat> we, because one other thing, you know, our old branding was working pretty well with the, the type of name that we were using, you know, quite related to religion of our mythic, uh, or history stuff like this, but we, with the new name we have, is you know we, we kind of the we, we uh, friend we say make the the tour du jardin. So we we can okay we, it, we kind of exploit that that team, and we slowly moving away with new name that is different, and it was hard to fit it with the with the old branding. Mm. It was it, it, it start on there. So yeah, after you know. And all the, I would say all the imagery and the branding of the crabbery changed over 20 years. Now, that not just sure. us. If you look, yeah. if you look at Newbury, they're going on a different path than Newbury was doing. So, and it's it's normal, you know. So, um, <clears throat> so that that's why we, and it's when I I, I say it often, you know, just said it, it's a teamwork, you know, it's it. Uh, I'm responsible to design most of the beer, but you know it's it's a teamwork to to make it better with the comment and suggestion and everything. But the branding, Leila, is all she she did the fantastic world. So I'm not a designer. I'm not an illustrator. I'm did Leila design this? No, she didn't design. But she, she coordinated. Exactly. So, but and and you know you have to trust. People who—that's their job. They know, they know better than you in in that field. You know, they study in that. They know people in that. They, okay, so, all right, I'll trust you. Yeah. So, I was going to ask them. Layla is so lovely. Um, she's one of my favorite people in beer. She's just such a nice, like, such a nice uh, young lady. How? Did she take the very critical feedback from the vocal minority in the community being that, you know, I feel like she's just, she's like so nice. Like how did uh, she take that? To, to be honest, I think she took it better than me. She did. Oh, she was uh, like, whatever. Okay. Well, I, 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 well, that's a question we should ask her, but this is the feeling I have because yeah, when, when I was reading that, I was kind of, oh shit. And I was kind of hurt. But but for me, but also for her because it was kind of her project, and actually she, that's the other thing because she probably is she, she she saw the other rebranding she saw and says well that I think it was a bit louder than than, than she expects but she she was trusting what she did this this is my feeling but yeah I, I came to write her during the evening I called her right away in the morning because yeah I was kind of. Be worried about it. Are you okay? <laughs> and she said, "Well, you know, just people come in, but they don't know shit about <laughs> branding and stuff like that." It's That's a, what she said. It, well, basically, yes. That's gangster. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just she. I think she kind of was expecting that it was like a strong reaction. And right. it was planned because we knew that we were just, we were going away. You know? 
in, um, in changing you know, a, a big thing. Changing big thing. So we knew that, that we had some, and we you know, even when we showed the, the new branding to our, our staff, our rep and stuff like that, you know, we had, what like did they mix say? Feeling. Mix feeling? Uh, some people, yeah, some people were really, you know, uh, tie and, and into the old branding. Uh, and some people said, oh, you know what? Yeah, I can see it on shell. It's going to be great. Okay. So, so it was a bit of a mix. It was a mix, yeah. And it's still That's a mix, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, what what can you do at this point, though? Like, it's like you said, you sometimes, I, I mean, did you get bored of the old branding or did people get bored of it and just want that change or like? I, I wasn't bored myself. Uh, it's just, uh, so, well, some label I yeah, was ready to change it, but it's just, we we had to do something that was working together and, and also the, we had to figure we're going to, you know, with the, the market now is you will not sit on the same 10 beer for forever. So we're going to have to bring you beer. Yeah. And you're going to be able to fit in, in the branding. So it was also like a need to, you know, create something that we can uh, easily bring new beer into that branding and the old branding was hard to get new label and, and new brand and, and new beer into it. So it was also that something that if there's something that changed over the years is yeah, is how how fast you have to bring new beer and, and year to year your portfolio can can change a lot. Right. So no, it makes uh, sense. And you did all the I mean like I know you this is the uh, 2021 Jeune Peche pack right here, yeah. which we're gonna do next anyway. Yep. Um, which was just the one beer this year, the bourbon, which, you know, to be honest, I love the variants. I really genuinely do, but the bourbon is always my favorite. Um, it's exceptional. Um, speaking of that, I, while you were talking, I just cracked open the 2019, or I guess it was a 2020 yep. pack, but it's a 2019 bourbon. Yeah, we usually package a beer like in late December or something like that. Yeah. So. Tell um, this one's fantastic, man. Like, just I just love it. It's just exceptional. Like, it's so smooth. It's so subtle. All the yeah. Tell me, tell me your thoughts on this one. Yeah. Well, the and the reason why this year we decided to do like our four pack uh, fish day was just because yeah, with with the pub mostly closed, we couldn't work on new variation or new recipe. Mm, that's right. Uh, and for sure, we couldn't plan like any patient they would drive and stuff like this. <clears throat> so we figured out, you know what? Let's do this year just, yeah, like you said, most of the people say, oh, they want the bourbon. All right. Right. Let's do, let's 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 do big them. and like a four pack of bourbon. And this is what we did. And every year it's always the same. <clears throat> yeah, it's, I, I like bourbon beer when you don't feel to drink a shot of bourbon into a beer. I, I like when the, you feel that this beer that's been aged is it, it, it's, it's really what I'm looking for. So okay. always balance the beer with some fresh beer into it uh, to bring back some, some bitterness most of the time. But it's, we're going to taste the beer uh, 
And if the uh, the bourbon is like just too strong and upfront, yeah, I'm gonna bring a little bit more fresh beer to make so make sure it's well balanced. Especially if you're getting the 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 heat from the alcohol, I don't like this at all. So I really try to uh, to make sure it's you, you have a right balance and you uh, you don't you don't get the alcohol in it. Yeah. Even it's quite a strong beer. Uh, how long we? How long is it? Uh, it's usually, it's we. Uh, it's been it's been changing over the years. Um, it's it's roughly about seven to nine months. Oh wow! Depending. Uh, yeah, it. it I uh, we did we did longer, and we realized that yeah, longer wasn't really better. Uh, oh. Seven but it, months, eh? Yeah. Passage, um, uh, and you you're gonna get some divine character really quickly. Mm -hmm. But but you, you're missing some of the complexity. I think this is uh, what. And when I was doing, I did up to twelve months, and I realized, yeah, you know what? You're losing some Makes of the divine character. Get a, too yeah. much mm. uh, of of the wood. So. Now that's why we nail it down more between seven and nine months. Okay, that's perfect. And what kind of barrels are they aged in? For people who are wondering, is that like a specific bourbon uh, brand? We we did we, over the years. We well years ago when, when we were just happy when you could get the fresh bourbon barrel. So, um, but uh, and uh, later it was possible to basically order uh, barrels from most of the big distillers in the US. So we, we, we tried most of them and, uh, and we realized over time that uh, the one that we really like to uh, work with is the uh, Heaven Hill mm. and the Float Rate. Okay. Um, I don't say they do the best bourbon on the planet, it's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying the beer that we age in those barrels give really good results. I love that. Do you know which barrel each year is, like, say, for the 2019? Is that in a specific, or is it a mix of barrels? It, 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 it's a blend, yeah. Usually blend. when I order half and half and blend, yeah. Okay. Because they, have, they do have a little bit of different character. That one's going to be a bit more 40 euros, and that one going to be a bit more on, on, on Vanya. And we can realize that, you know, a blend both is, is the best for us. Okay. So okay. now we basically st stick to those that are for that makes uh, sense. doing our bourbon. Okay, I love that. Um, I was going to ask you what your favorite year was. Um, I did, so we did episode 40 for the podcast, so we were pretty young back then as far as, you know, maybe two years old as far as the podcast. Episode 55, I just met Noah Forrest from Beerism, who's now one of my close friends, and he yep. came over and he brought a, uh, a vertical. I've never done a vertical before. And he brought a vertical of Iseki Nietzsche. So he, we oh. did, at the time it was 2017. So we did 2013, 14, 15, and 16. And at the time, 2017 hadn't been out. So he said he had two more, but he had to drive late and he thought we'd get too drunk. And so we, we just did those four. And it was my first ever vertical I ever did. And... Um, I started to understand a little more about the complexity of what that means to, to do a vertical and, you know, 
the way beer changes over time. So I'd be curious that at this particular point, do you have a favorite year of the bourbon? And I imagine bourbon's the oldest uh, variant of uh, Peche. Is that correct? It is, yep. It is. Do you, and and I know that this question probably would change depending on, you know, if I ask you next year, it might be a different answer. Do you have a favorite year for the bourbon that you were like, oh my God, this year? And even like if you drink it, if you cracked open a 2013 right now, you'd lose your mind because, you know what I mean? Like, is there a year that's like, wow, that's the one? Uh, I would say that the the, the 19th, actually, the one you have, the, I've been really It was a really good year. That's a good one. I'm I'm loving it's this. A really good year. Okay. The the uh, the next one you're gonna have you you're gonna you're gonna have a lot more a, a bit more like of the old character in it. Okay. This is subtle. Okay. I actually have a question as well on that. So this bottle actually says it was bottled on the 5th of January, 2021. Does that make yep. it a 21 or a 20? <laughs> that's, a, that's something we try to, to clarify. So you, like, <clears throat> the beer is always... Like Made said, in 2020. So we, we talk... When we put the year... Yeah, this, and this year with the pandemic, actually, like I said, most of the time we package the, the bourbon more in late November or early December. And the beer is ready to, to be shipped, distributed for the PCD that happened the year after. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when we said like, the one that been bottled in 19, been released in 20, and we called it the Bourbon 2020. Right. And this year, we had more time, and we didn't have to package the beer for, for, uh, for, for the... The shipping, so we we waited until January to package the bourbon in twenty one for the release 20, of twenty one. Okay, but this is still considered a twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. This one's gonna be a twenty one. Twenty one. So then yeah. this this is nineteen or twenty. Twenty. Oh fuck. Okay. Hold up. Let me make sure I get that right because my understanding was that it had you basically. Just because I'm doing the reviews as we're talking, because um, yeah. I only have one bottle of these ones, but I thought that the uh, the way that it worked was the year that was on the bottle was the the year that it was um, packaged or whatever, and then that reflected the even though it was released in 2020, it was still the 2019. No, it's, no, no, we know that it's always been confusing. Okay. Because yeah, the, the the time we were packaging the beer was always changing, and and there's been time, especially before the special day, we released the beer like randomly, we could say. But with the special day, it's been kind of okay. We released the the bourbon for the special day, which is always around March of that year, and we called it. This is the vintage. No, so eighteen, nineteen, yeah, twenty, yeah. But okay. that's something. That's something we didn't have to work on it uh, for this release because with the new branding, we had a lot of work. But in the future, it's going to be more how we call it. But we always make sure that we uh, we all always been really transparent. We, we say when we package the beer, you uh, even the, the time of the day when we 
the bottle was on in the filler. So uh, I know it was kind of, but for us, it's more like a vampire. Gotcha. Well, we know it's pretty confusing. We tried to clarify that. Actually, Layla's trying to clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> Layla's got all the hard jobs, eh? <laughs> Poor thing. Oh, it's crazy. She's, okay, she's the best. She's doing great job. Yeah, she's doing great. Um, she's awesome. Okay, that makes more sense because I was never really sure. But yeah, this is just, it's just so like, it's so smooth. I love it. Um, and, it's, and it's, I feel like this one, you know, if you did a vertical of something like this, it would change. I think I still have one from whatever, a year or two before this one. I don't even know anymore. Um, oh, we, 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 we tried, uh, like last year we had some, found some bouts and no, 2012 and 13, and was still really good. Still I was kind of surprised. Yeah, I was uh, maybe uh, maybe kind of fade out a little bit. And no, we were just oh okay, still really good. But um, you know, for me, I, I love, you know my 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 preference would say I would you know I, I usually drink it uh, between six and eighteen mount after it packaging. Okay, that's what that's a good time to drink it. Sixteen to eighteen months. This is where I like it. After that, yeah, I still I have too much beer in my cellar anyway. So it's, oh. yeah, of course, it's like whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, and then we're surprised. Oh, this is really good. But when I I, I feel because when it's aging, you know that the hops gonna fade away slowly, and I like I like some of the hop bitterness in, into it. Okay, so, even it's you no. Know, it's, it's not up front, but it's, it's there. And when it's really, really like kind of fading out, uh, I, I think it's like I'm missing something. But this, and I would say the same thing for the barley wine. You know, I, I you know it's in, I like I leave it aged for a couple of years. I find it interesting, but I, I like it when there's still some a good uh, bitterness backbone into it. Mm, okay, that's solstice solstice yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now that makes sense. And then that's another, I mean, you guys do it so, you make it so um, fun to learn. Like, I feel like you guys are the best brewery to learn about aging and what that means because you've got, for so many of your brands, you have the original, then you have a bourbon barrel, different, you know, there's a bourbon version of uh, Solstice and, and Iseki Nicho and all these different other brands. So it's like, it's very cool to be able to like, all right, well, I mean, maybe it's not, you can't immediately go and buy a 2018 version, but you could probably trade for it or know someone with one and you'd be able to try these, these, these variants of it and just sort of learn what that means. There's not that many breweries, I think, that, that do that super regularly. You guys have been doing it for such a long time. Um, and I think that, you know, that's probably why people were so passionate about what you do and they're so full passionate about the fucking the branding change and stuff you know yeah well we we really like to to, to work with the with with the barrel and, and mm. as we do a lot of strong beer no we have nice uh we have a nice portfolio to work with aging because those beer are more forgiving when we uh, with the barrel aging yeah and and we 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 uh we had great time to just no, sometimes it's fun to have uh, you know different wild yeast and bacteria into a beer and balance, and we do a lot of that too. But sometimes it's just no, just 
put the beer in the bottle and let it go and and let's see how it's going to transform the beer mm-hmm. and and we we learn a lot uh, out of that so and we said okay this one is, and we had a couple of flaws well, okay it's not so interesting so and we we learn about hope we learn about you know we had some beers oh just man it's they just they like like a plank it's just it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and okay no no don't do this again <laughs> fail and but yeah we definitely had and we had we don't have a super big uh, place to age uh, barrel, but but we have enough to uh, have great time, right. um, and and we we know that um, people people like that. So um, when we see, uh, um, especially when we do our like a beer release, so it's uh, even when it's a small volume, you know, you, we can get it to the people because. Uh, it, it, sometimes it's, it's it's hard to okay. I just want I want to try it on small volume and okay. Uh, if you try to sell it through the, the the specialized retailer, I and you don't have enough for for everybody. Uh, it can be uh, you can create a fight because everybody wants it. So sometimes yeah. it's better to okay sell it yourself and don't. And I understand them. And it's just, and no, we have the, the you know they the support us uh, all year long. They really uh, important part of the process. So, mm-hmm. so but but sometimes I want I don't want to the, the pub give me that that chance uh, to to do small batch. But it's really fun to start small. You you that way you can try more wacky thing. And okay, it's, it's not good. You. It's not no big deal, right. but yeah, when you you start with a lot of beer, so it's that represents a lot of money, so you cannot yeah. afford that. It's kind of scary. The first yeah. time we did the podcast, it was it was the bottle release in twenty in Feb. I think it was February. Maybe it was April. It was cold in twenty seventeen, and it was it a was bottle, fe- it was February. It was February. Okay, I love yep. your memory. And yep. it was the Exorcist. You had all of these crazy th- and dude. I've never seen that. Was my first like back in the day. Like I was. We we're into beer and stuff, but I wasn't like lining up for beer and shit. So I hadn't, I'd never seen anything like this before. There was like 500 plus people in minus 25. They were, when we were walking inside, there were people trading in their trunks of the cars. There was people coming up and they had all of this. They're like, take this four package. They were like, it was your beers plus other beers. They were just trading. It was this whole thing. I was like, what is happening? And that was crazy. it was, it was rammed in there. And I know we took a couple hours of your time and stuff, and I know you were in demand that day, so I really appreciated that. And uh, and we hung out afterwards and had a few beers and some food and stuff, and it was just like, we are like, wow, we had just never seen anything like that before. And it was just super cool because, like you said, you played with Wild Geese, you had Exorcist, and uh, yeah. I, I don't remember what else would have been released on the day, but it was multiple bottles, and people had to have tickets and stuff to get in. It was like a whole orchestrated situation. Which is probably quite common now, but like at the time, four years ago, I'd never seen anything like it before, and it, it kind of yeah. blew my mind. It, it, yeah, now you, you can see that more often, but yeah, the, the, when we the, that that beer market was is the first year was uh, we didn't knew exactly what we were doing, and the second <laughs> year we 
we had like too too many people at the same time. Right. So on the third year, we were getting good. <laughs> getting better and, at it. Uh, but yeah, it was yeah. I was I was seeing people from all over the place and yeah, trading and uh, <laughs> it was big, big party. Like and yeah, and some some of those days was fucking cold. <laughs> like, people like that, like oh man, so so serious, bro. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it's, it's some good times. It was just like it was just really fascinating to see that the the kind of passion that people have for. Uh, for what you guys do and just it was it was a nice eye opener to you know just the way that the beer world operates as far as like just bottle releases and how popular these things could be because of like you said they're small and instead of putting them out to a depreneur you're, you're taking control of it and you're selling t- it was so organized like it was like all right ticket 10 to 30 come through and it was yeah. all numbered tickets and everyone knew and they didn't give a shit how cold it was and like Quebec in the winter was no joke, and it was it was just fascinating to see what people yeah, would we, do for beer. Yeah, marketing wise, <laughs> doing like this event in February was maybe the best idea. But it was just the first time. It was we we op- we opened the pub in uh, in, in late uh, January, and and we said, okay, this is our anniversary day, anniversary. and it, it, it's about six months. After the other one, we say, oh, okay, we don't want to do like two parties at the same time, or no, we're getting too old to do that twice in a row. So, so <laughs> it's like it nice six months, and then we decide to do like a bottle release at the same time. With but we never, oh man, it's can be like brutal cold. <laughs> so, and people don't care. Sometimes it's just minus five, it's a beautiful like, winter day. Uh, sometimes it can be raining, <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, so, but, you know, thinking of that, oh, yeah, maybe springtime would have been like, a, like this year we, we move it more like a, because for sure we didn't make any party uh, for, for anniversary, but we moved the, the bottle with these later during springtime. So it was, the weather was nicer it is, yeah. because people, mm. uh, people had to be outside. So we said, okay, let's, let's pick up like a better window <laughs> than hey, February. <laughs> that, that's it. That's okay. I love that. It was always it always blew my mind as well that it was my like I said it was like people like oh you're gonna go straight to the cask mates we should talk about that I'm about to bust sure. open this one are you gonna are you gonna crack open this one as well and then we'll do the I, oh I'm already on this one I oh you're already on it so this is the 2021 okay. version good I poured on that of the bourbon yes do it um so I'm excited this is the first bottle of the new new branding I've cracked personally. Yep. Yes. Oh, look at that. You want to take a photo after the fact? Yeah. After? Yeah. Um, so this one, you said, had a little more oaky characteristics? Yeah. Okay. Uh, because, <clears throat> probably because it's it stayed a little bit longer in the, in the barrel. Uh, we, uh, we extract a little bit more of the tannin from the oak. So... Uh, Right now, my bottle is a little bit warm, but yes. I know when the beer is cold, uh, for me, I get a little bit, um, I definitely get more oak character than the uh, the, the last year version. The last year, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's not, it's not like super oaky, but it's just, you, you get, oh, okay, I get more of, of the wood character in, in this one than, okay. than the other one. 
will that uh, tone down over time? Do you think it will? It, it will turn down slowly. Um, and and I would say Vanya character is not as strong as it was last year. Also, Vanilla was wasn't strong. Yeah. No. Why is no. that? Do you think is that just the type of barrels that we used, or? Uh, no, because it was basically the same distiller. Uh, the boat barrel was super fresh. Uh, I think it's just by the the, the, the timing of the beer. Okay. Uh, this is our and probably next year we're gonna try to probably like take the beer out like a month before. I would say this is our guess. A little earlier, would that reduce the oaky character? Okay. That would be get a bit more of the vanilla, a bit less oaky. Okay, okay. And the decision to make this year's pack all... Oh, still going? We're doing all the photos. Um, to, to make it all bourbon, I mean, I guess that was because of the fact that you weren't doing the variants, but you just thought we need to put a pack out as opposed to just putting this beer out by itself. You were like, well, we need well, to put... We, we, we could sell it single for sure, but... Yeah, we did. We wanted to keep the uh, like the the pack, the vibe of the fishing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so let's keep people faith on, um, and this is what we decide to do. We so and so. Okay, what we do? Okay, that's four beer in a pack, and people, you know, because we know that when people get a pack, they have four bottles. So yeah, they can go through in one night. That's going to be. Uh, Maybe a tough morning, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but with a little beer, you know, you you have several to to uh, to go through. So this is what why we decided to go through uh, like a four pack of it. Okay, I've had like some followers from BOS. Uh, there's this one gentleman who lives in Saint Jerome, uh, Francois Chasse. You were he sent me multiple pictures of. Every time he picked this up like three or four times and he's just like, need another pack, I need another one. He's just loving it. And I feel like this was a very good move to do this because even though I've been every year since I've you know, been aware of it, I've been going to Peche and drinking all the variants live. Um, this, I, very, I just enjoyed having the pack because it gave me a second chance to taste everything. Uh -huh. And then I think it was not the 2020, but the 2019 pack, I got two of them. So I drank one fresh and I drank one like a, later, year, yeah. a year later just to see how it changed. Because I had the mocha, I had the yeah. raspberry, uh, there was another one in the bourbon. And I enjoyed just, just seeing how they changed in just a year's time. I thought that was super cool. So I'd hung on to this one for a year. I don't know why I just happened to do My friend actually got this for me. Um, because I, I couldn't get it. You mentioned people were lining. I, I wasn't able to find it anywhere. So he found it and, get, and, and got it for me. So I was super happy to, to get it. And I just hung on to it. Maybe by the time I got it, it was kind of hot. So I was like, oh, I don't really want to drink 10% stouts just yet and just sat on it. And I'm glad I did because I'd much rather drink them with you than uh, by myself here. But um, yeah, I just think the pack is like a, a, an experience that is tied to the beer, that's tied to the day. And without the pack, it doesn't feel complete. So the fact that you're able to do this 2021, even if it's all the same beer, it still gives you that same feeling because it's the same size box. Up. And it's the four bottles and bourbon. Like I said, I love the variants and it's really fun. But if I'm honest, bourbon's my favorite. 
So to have four of these bad boys, like I'm going to drink some, but I'm going to now stash some and yeah. try them over the next couple of years and see how how they change because it's something that I normally wasn't able to do because I only got one bourbon in the pack. And of course, I'm going to drink that. I'm not going to let it sit there. Now I have the availability to do that. And I think that's what you've done. You've allowed people to now learn about aging. Maybe that was an, was that intention? Well, for sure that we, the, the, the fact that people can buy more than one bottle, yeah, they can definitely, they don't have to drink it like uh, in the next week. And yeah, you can, if you have like a good place to stash the beer and yeah, you definitely can, you know, because I, 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 I tell you my, my preference uh, on this beer, but you no, know, it can be totally different other people. They, they can like it after three or five years when the beer is totally different and it's perfect. It's, yeah. I, I know the, that, like I said, I know the beer is still good because I, I taste very old version and I taste the beer and you know what? It's still good. It's just, yeah. I prefer it when it's younger, but, um, and what I, also what happened because we didn't, you know, keg the bourbon to ship it like in 80 different bar around the world. Well, we keep it for ourselves in Quebec. So, well, so a bit BC. yeah, so, so, cool. so, oh, BC, get the packs. Yeah. We ship that couple of packs in BC. Yeah. I love that. BC, go buy them. It's amazing. Okay. That's great. I just like, it's just like a cool way to, excuse me. I feel like it's like a good, um, sort of pivot, but it's a good way to make it work given the circumstances and give people a taste of what they're used to whilst, you know, it's it's similar it's it's like familiarity but also something a little different and as soon as i saw that you did this and it was all bourbon my immediate response was like hell yeah that's a great idea like it wasn't even like oh why are you doing that shouldn't you have that i'm like nah this i was like fuck yes that is perfect and it's a great way to just honor the day and give people i imagine it's probably the most the, the beer that you know like I said, the, the the variants are really fun, and it's so cool tasting the different ones. But this is really what people are waiting for, I imagine, right? Well, well absolutely. And we yeah. always know we we keep some some bottle that we uh, we we sell in, like in bottle here and there through through the year. But and, and we know people definitely looking for for this beer. So yeah, this year was just you know what? Uh, we, like I said, we. We figured out okay, maybe we could do like a like a best of or like the variation we did, but even though it would be a lot of work uh, in the timing where I cannot, you know, try the beer in Saint Jerome, and so we we had to grit right away and make sure it's good and with all the rebranding, say, nah, but I, I I don't want to do something that will not be happy with it. Mm. So, and the safest shot for us and for the customer. And people like this beer say, okay, you know what? This year we have a lot of bourbon because we keep it for ourselves. Well, okay, let's let's have a treat. <laughs> I love that. That's exactly what yeah. it is. It's a goddamn treat. That's exactly what it is, bro. I love it. Um, I'm very grateful that that's what you did because I'm, I'm sure a lot of the beer drinkers here in Quebec too, and BC who have access to this is uh, yep, are super BC happy now, about it. Um, yep. So the the bottle of uh, whiskey you just held up, the Jameson there, that 
is something fascinating that you guys did. I actually never tried either version. I don't know why. I used like, can you tell us about this collaboration, how it came yeah. about, and, and and what it's all about? Because this is fascinating. And and when it's gonna be possible, I'll make sure that you have like a sip of that for sure. Yes, I definitely need to try uh, it. Uh, actually, it's yeah, Jameson contact us and uh, to and ask us if you want to participate to the castmate. And we, we we knew the project and we said, yeah, it's for sure. It seemed to be very fun. Uh, and for us, it was a chance to, well, travel in Ireland, which probably is like a good good thing. Hell yeah. And, uh, and learn a lot also about uh, distilling and, and, and spirit because it's, uh, well, Jimson is... Uh, it's part of a big group named Irish Distiller. They do a lot of different Irish whiskey. They do a lot of stuff. So uh, it, it was like a, um, a really uh, a good way to learn uh, about uh, whiskey. And um, so, yeah, we said, no, let's do it. So, and we also, we talked with... Uh, with Steve Bushine at Bose, they, they did the castmate too and said, hey man, mm. how was it? So man, it was super fun. Okay, let's do it. And um, so, all right, so we, we moved on on, on this project. Uh, they shipped us uh, some barrel, we aged the beer in it, uh, shipped back the, the, the barrel in Ireland, they, they put the whiskey in it, mm. and, uh, and, uh, and they then sent the barrel back in Quebec. Sadly, again, damn COVID, uh, they they kind of released the the the, the whiskey in the same time of the lockdown. So mm. um, so we because we were planning to do the big party. You can imagine, you know, of course, can can kind of party we can throw. Yeah, and um, but yeah, so everything was uh, in the ACQ. It sold out very quickly. Um, so. Uh, even ourselves, we, we have a couple of bottles, but not that much actually. So, so yeah, this is how it happened. We've been able to get uh, like another run of barrel. We did a second run of uh, the the the, the Peche Jameson because uh, the Peche Jameson have uh, a really different character than the bourbon. Mm. Uh, it's a lot less vanilla. It's a bit more sweet and caramel, I would say. Okay. Uh, Kind of fruity, uh, it's 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 re- yeah, it, it's really different. So, and we're pretty ha- happy about the the Peche Jameson, and also they we had uh, yeah, well, funny story. <laughs> Jameson sent us before the the package and had the label. They sent us like a bottle of uh, of the blend, trying to approve it. If we can say it. Uh, and so we taste it, and oh, definitely, it's, it's, it's a great Jameson. It's really tasty. Uh, you get a little bit of the coffee, but it's definitely uh, one of the, the castmates. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty happy about the result. And, and one, one day, uh, Bim was in town. Uh, Bim from, uh, from well, you know Bim, but uh, course, yeah. from Gatsby. He was in town to brew uh, an Atsuno Taizai, the yes. lager version of, uh, of our uh, Imperial Coffee stuff. Yes. 
and so, and we were chilling down at the pub, and it was kind of late. It was, it just actually arrived like the day before Montreal. Uh, spent some time at Chablis. We brewed, and it was like having a train at six in the morning, I think, or seven maybe. And it was kind of late, and said, so, "Okay, I have to go back to the hotel." And all right, oh, I have the like a sample of the Jameson in the office, so want to taste it. Ah, uh, okay, just a sip. <laughs> well, Famous last words. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually, he didn't step at all. He just had the time to go back there. To the train. <laughs> so to say it was pretty uh, drinkable. I love it. That's amazing. So, but yeah, so I'll make sure when the thing's going to be uh, clear. So I'll make sure, yeah, I'll be able to. to yeah, that. man. I, I definitely you'll, missed out on the first one. Yeah, I'd love to because I know there was that. And then for people who don't know, there was a Jameson version of Peche with the little green on the label. Um, yeah. So there's going to be a second run of the Jameson Peche? No, the second didn't sell already. Okay. Yeah, but you sold too Okay, but then there's going to be a Peche Jameson available. There's... No, there will not be a second patient Jameson for now. For now, but there's so going to They did uh, one run, so we offered them. So, okay, you see how fast it sold out. But, uh, but right now, I think with the, with the pandemic also, they, they, they're kind of focusing on the, like, um, yeah. the simple thing, I would say. Um, and we're looking, maybe try to do like a, like a third run of, of the patient Jameson. It would be nice because they're really different from the bourbon. So it's right. uh, more, more than I was expecting, to be honest. Okay. No, I think it's just such a great collab because and I, I imagine that Jameson as a brand isn't collaborating with just anybody. You know, it's, it's quite a uh, you know, very small circle with anybody that they're really working with. So I feel like that's a real testament to what you've created with Peche and the, the legend behind this beer and the worldwide fascination with it for a brand and you know a literal like name a country where you can't find jameson type of thing you know these guys wanted to work with you on not only your product but their product that is the coolest shit ever dude like it's such a fantastic thing that you've been able to do this it was was definitely going both ways and um I'm, you know, I selling Jameson since the day one we won the pub in Montreal. <laughs> yeah. So, so he was going, oh, so finally I'll go to the distillery. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been cool. And uh, yeah, and we did definitely we we learned a lot. We, we faced so many different whiskey and directions from the from the, from the barrel, and uh, it was Ooh. pretty like the hundred proof stuff. Like, woof. yeah, ten in the morning. <laughs> the, oldest, the oldest one it was like a 95 uh, whiskey uh, it was recast I think in 2006 something like that it was funny because there was one girl uh, there she was uh, younger actually than the whiskey <laughs> <laughs> yo that is crazy so, but yeah it was like 10 in the morning at, at Hokey one day that and actually you know what <laughs> it was sure. so good yeah <laughs> At 10 in the morning, oh. fuck, man. Yeah, that is <laughs> – I've done uh, uh, distillery tours and, and I've never realized like the barrel proof 
is a whole other thing. We were in Colorado a couple of years ago and we went to the Breckenridge distillery and they gave us yeah. like the, we got the tour and they poured it from the barrel and then they had to get this water thing where they're squirting the water in there to dilute it down. So water, it's, yeah, yeah. I just never seen that before because otherwise mm -hmm. it'll basically set you on fire type of thing. And I was like, oh, wow, mm -hmm. this is very serious shit. Like it's a whole other, I'm used to beer, man. Like I'm a beer guy. This yeah. liquor, liquor thing is a whole other world. So I can imagine what that would have been like at 10 a.m. Yeah, I, I don't drink that much uh, liquor, to, to be honest. I, I'm really whiskey and scotch. I really like that. It's, uh, a, but yeah, it's, I'm mostly beer too. So, but it's I, fascinating, yeah? Exactly. It's just uh, I'm, 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 you, you learn from every experience you're going to go through and yeah. put this in the bag and say, okay. Uh, but to be right there and be able to drink so many different whiskey and they explain the process between they have the traditional still and, and the, uh, the continuous still and how they blend it and, and you see the proportion between both style of distilling and you, 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 you taste the, the whiskey and you definitely get, oh, okay, I can feel the difference on the, the mouthfeel. So you understand a lot of things. So yeah. when we... There, and there's so many like new uh, craft distillers in Quebec now. So even if they're doing mostly gin and stuff like this, it's okay. I have more understanding of what's going on. So uh, yeah, it's been a really, really, really uh, great trip. That's awesome, man. I say uh, I, I could say two two years ago I was in a train going down to the distillery today because two years has been too. Two years that the Notre-Dame uh, de Paris burned down, and I was in the train mm -hmm. from Dublin to uh, the to the Jameson distillery when when it happened. happened. Jeez, yeah. that was two years ago. Fuck, two years ago. Yeah, Matt. Honestly, I don't think any of us have any concept of time anymore. I think we're all just like <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't even know. We don't even remember. Yeah. It's all kind of like this blurry thing. It's so crazy. Before my camera, my uh, before my camera dies, I want to take yep. the, th the thumbnail for this episode. Yep. Um, I'm just gonna take a screenshot. Do you want to hold up something? And I'm gonna take a screenshot of. Uh, I'm gonna hold these bad boys so people know. Yes. Oh shoot! I should have done this first. There we go. Boom. There you go. Perfect. You ready? Oh, look at us, mate. We are gorgeous. Oh, that is stunning. I'm going to send that, <laughs> sending that to Layla. Um, no, dude, this is, this has been really, really great. This is like, you know, obviously I would much rather do this in person with you and hang out at the brewery and, and do it again. But, uh, this was the next best thing. And I was thinking about it and, um, I was just like, Oh, I hesitated to reach out. I wanted to talk to you when you did the rebrand and all this different stuff and i was like ah like i just wanted to do it in person i thought this was all going to move faster than it did and i was like you know what let me hit you guys up and talk to layla and see if you guys would be would be down so i really appreciate your time man like i always enjoy whenever i come to the pub it's always so nice to see you and it's always lovely to get to chat and you always give me a ton of time and i've always appreciated everything you've ever done man like you're a great dude your brewery is meant a lot to me. It's one of my favorites in Quebec and you, you've really changed my perception of craft beer and it's just, uh, 
you know, I love hearing all of this about, about Pesce and that the experience and the way that it's grown even since the last time we chatted on here, you know, four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm happy. It was, a, it was a great evening. So for sure, I, I would prefer it if we did like in person too. So, um, yeah, and sometimes I have some, you know, some people ask me to do this and I'm kind of fed up of the, the camera <laughs> for you. Anytime. So it's just, uh, <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Like it means a lot. And, and you know, like I said, we'll, we'll do this again once it, uh, once things get back to normal, we'll do it properly. But this is, uh, who knows how long this shit is going to last. That's the only thing. So I was like, you know what? I want, I wanted to just hear it from your mouth and, and hear about the changes and what's been happy. Four years is a long time. And for having Judas yell four years, it's unacceptable, unacceptable. God damn it. So I needed to, to make sure we chatted. No problem. Keep the faith. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see us soon. I'm gonna have some Jameson for you. No, I appreciate it, man. Do that before we wrap up. St- right. st- stick around on the call. We'll, we'll say goodbye after. I'm just gonna wrap this up. Where can everybody? Sure. Do you know off the top of your head without uh, Layla being here? Where can everybody find Judiciel online? Online? Yes. You mean <laughs> <my> web- <laughs> <laughs> the, the website do you know what the website is uh yeah yeah it's simple it's geodcl.com <laughs> so oh easy as as and easy easy but on uh instagram facebook, facebook? Uh, we do have instagram uh i know it's it's, it's, it's uh Leila is posting a lot on instagram and uh, facebook is uh is our fastest way to have uh, fresh information yes i, I think it's brasserie judiciel in both places Oh, there goes my camera. Uh, I think so. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure. Pretty sure that's uh, that's what it is. So make sure you guys go and check. That. Oh, here you go. Tiff just confirmed. Brasserie Judiciel on Instagram and, and Facebook. So make sure you guys check that out. Um, let me wrap this up. Hang out for one sec and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. But uh, JF, man, thank you again for your time, bro. I really, really appreciate you as always. This is phenomenal. You are a freaking champion. Uh, guys, if you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell so you know when all the new videos drop. Follow us on social media at BAOS Podcast and check out the long form audio so you can hear fucking legends like Jean Francois talk about craft beer every week. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 p.m., guys. Get in here. Cheers. <laughs>